Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a special episode of Big Apple Hockey for the 2023 NHL Draft Preview. And we've already been sitting here talking, having a great hockey conversation for the last 10 minutes. We figured maybe we should bring you guys in like we're supposed to. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams. And I will just be an innocent bystander as I am bestowed upon the knowledge from our Mr. John Falkowski. Uh, definitely looking forward to Wednesday. This is going to be a pretty good draft. Uh, the Rangers actually have a draft pick this year, which is fun. Um, I, I am of the belief that if something is available, I, I, I could see this team moving on. And I, I hope they do. I, I, I think there's some great talents that will be available, even at 23. But if they can move up into the team somewhere, I think they can nab a, a pretty good player there. All right. And our third member coming back to us, our guest, Mr. Stapway Steven of Warty NHL. Yeah, look, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how the draft's going to go. First round is on Wednesday. The Rangers historically are terrible drafting in the first round. So <laughs> maybe they just cannot draft on Fridays. Maybe this is, this is the key to our success. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, and there's just been so many, so much of that where you're just like, what the hell are they thinking? Like, just take Gordy Clark. You just lock him out of the room. You can't talk to anybody. One phrase says it all. Smartest man in the moon's uh, room syndrome. Yeah, exactly. And that's where they're always uh, – that's what they're always just doing. And, guys, you know what? I was going to get your thoughts on the NHL draft, but first let's get your thoughts first on number 23 and the New York Rangers. Who are, who are they going to target, do you think, with that pick, Philk? I've seen a lot of mocks that have Quentin Musty going there. Um, I know a certain someone in this panel is not big on size. I wonder who that could be. But um, Quentin Musty's got size. He is one of the biggest players in this draft. But he's actually a deceptively good skater for his size. Has great hands. I think he possibly an even better shot. And his playmaking ability is top-notch, uh, I, I, you don't really see big playmaking wingers that often. Musty could be one of those guys. Um, I like the way that he is along the boards with protecting a puck. Um, he knows how to drive to the, the dirty areas to score goals as well. But uh, Musty would be a guy that I could see. If if he's not the guy that they take, I, I think Cal Ritchie could be one of them. I also wonder, like, if if Nate Danielson, because I've seen him mocked in a few different places, if Nate Danielson fell, I, I think the Rangers could take Nate Danielson, too. Steven, what are you thinking about that? Uh, yeah, like Phil already mentioned, the guy that I would that I see the Rangers going after in, in Callum Ritchie, um, really, really good player in juniors, uh, like high hockey IQ, the way he the way he sees the game. He, he makes decisions like in a split second, like he doesn't even need time to think. And that's the type of stuff that you cannot really teach. So that's that's definitely something that the Rangers could be interested in. Uh, and Quinton Musty, yeah, over over 200 pounds, 6'2". The guy has the frame already. Uh, but uh, aside from being being quite big for his age, he's a really good skater, controls, controls the game. Uh, so those are those are the two guys that I'd look at. The other one, uh, is, as folks said, Nate Danielson. And look, if, if a guy like uh, like like Eduard Saleh 
who plays for Bruno in the Czech Republic. Falls to 23, he could be an option. Um, or what we talked about earlier, um, uh, Matthew Wood, if he falls. I was going to say him too. Oh, my God. Or, or if, if the Rangers somehow find a way to trade up. We know that the Rangers aren't afraid to trade up if they have a guy that, that, they, that, that, they, that they really want. We saw it in 2018 going after Keandre Miller. We saw it in 2020 going after Braden Schneider. Mm-hmm. The Rangers don't have a lot of draft capital, but you never know what, what they might pull out of the hat. If there's a guy four or five spots ahead of them that they're really interested in and they have the draft capital to make that move up, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make that move. Man, Matthew Wood, though, if they could pull that off, oh, oh, oh my God, right winger, huge size, 6'3", I think almost 200 pounds already. Uh, just I, I see the Tate Thompson comparisons, and I like it. I don't necessarily know if that will be what he will be, obviously, because the, the year Thompson had this year was unreal. But, like, how do you pass on that type of player? And the year that he had for UConn, unreal, man. Yeah. And and, and, look, and 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 this is this is something that may not be a factor per se, but when you look at players uh, in certain leagues where the Rangers have a lot of prospects actually playing already, I, I I always wonder if that is a positive or a negative because you see those players more often. Do you then kind of put your blinders on and focus too much on those players, or do you see them often enough where you also see the downside of those players? That's yeah, like like maybe what do you mean like 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 Minnesota like uh, Wisconsin like how like maybe Charlie Strammel might be on uh, their radar because they they go to uh, Wisconsin a lot they drafted Miller and so on that type of deal you mean that that or a team like Wisconsin plays against current Ranger prospects like Brody Lamb who plays for yeah. Minnesota I see you know so when you when you have players like Brett Berard and Yaroslav Kmelars played for Providence this year. If you have those players going up against other other college teams that have a certain prospect eligible for uh, for the draft, how much does that impact the the scout's perception, both positive and negative? Like seeing someone fifteen times instead of ten times could could really help, like like identify the guy you want to go for, but it could also make you second guess that guy because you see a little bit more of that player where where the the negative aspects are a little bit more visible to your scouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All no, right. I would agree with you to a point. Now, by the way, you guys talk about uh, draft day trades. The one that always will stick out in my head for the rest of time is uh, the, I think it was the 2000 draft when the Rangers traded up to get Jamie Lundmark. 99. 99. Thank you. 99, I couldn't remember yeah. which one it was. So they traded up to get Jamie Lundmark and they got Jan Halavich from Calgary, who was a pretty good player for the Rangers in two stints, but also the guy they gave away was Mark Savard who went on to have a great career and actually just joined the front office. They made two deals that day, though. They 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 trade they trade all they made the trade with Tampa as well. Yeah, I think that was already done before the draft that day. But yes, that was the trade yeah. with Tampa. Dan Cloutier, I think it was Dan Cloutier, Nick Sundstrom. And Nicholas Sundstrom, and- yeah, and that ended up getting them to four so they, they could take Pavel Friggin Brendel, my second Pavel- one is McDonald's. Pavel, Pavel Brendel, still tied in goal scored with the two of us yeah. for the New York, uh, the three of us for the New York Rangers, because he never so, played a game. So those, those two trades are interesting because they didn't work out for the Rangers, obviously. 
Uh, although Jan Lavic was was decent, part of the part of the checkmate line. Checkmate. But if you, if you look at the players that were drafted with the Rangers' original picks before those trades, uh, yeah, Nikita Alexiev and Oleg Saprikin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that '99 draft. Which if there was bad. ever a draft to just just stay put, it was the '99 draft because aside from from the Sedin twins, there was like six rounds of almost nothing. Uh, that that's that draft is truly amazing, as you just said. That's you know you took yeah. the words right out of my mouth and I started talking. So I I'm gonna stop now, guys. And Stephen, let me go back right uh, right back to you on what is your exact overlook when you're looking at the 2023 NHL draft. Um. Well, everyone knows Bedard's gonna go number one. Um. And after that, Fantili is pretty much the consensus number two, like we saw in 2015 with McDavid and Eichel. Um, but after that, that's where the current events are going to play a, a possible factor. How comfortable are teams going with Matvey Michkov, who is a Russian kid? You know, he, he he's under contract for three more years. The current situation with Russia may also be a factor. You never know. Um, and then on the other hand, the, 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 the recent events, you have a guy like Matthew Kachuk who, who really put a stamp on the postseason, even though he didn't win the Stanley Cup with the Florida Panthers. How much are teams going to value that kind of postseason dom- dominance that Matthew Kachuk showed? Uh, Ryan Leonard is a guy who, who might have the intangibles to help you more in the postseason than in the regular season. If a team is already kind of set up, they already have a top six, Maybe Ryan Leonard is the guy that they go for to, to give them a, a, a different type of player. Maybe there's a team that reaches for Ryan Leonard. We see it every year. Moritz Sider in 2019 went fifth overall, and nobody was expecting that. So Sixth. Or sixth, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, no, nobody was expecting that. He was. I was at the draft in Vancouver. People were talking about him going like between 15 and 20. Maybe. Maybe the top half of, of 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 like ten to twenty range. Nobody expected him to go to go sixth overall. Um, so after the top three, top four, that's where it gets really interesting with guys like Will Smith, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, David Reinbacher from Austria, who's a who's a defenseman, probably going to be the first defenseman drafted this year. Um, and and to me, this this is where we might see. Also, a little bit of, uh, of, of of the COVID effect. A lot of these players at age 15, 16 had their seasons either cut short or eliminated completely because of the pandemic a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So guys that may not seem that that exciting now and go maybe go late in the first round in five, six years, they might be in a redraft, like top 10 in their draft. And also the scouting. Now we're going to really see the effect on that too, because there's there was limited scouting at that time. And that's but, another thing. I'll, I'll go back to you, you mentioned the scouting. It was hard for a lot of people to watch Mitchkov. I mean, the, with the climate in Russia right now, a lot mm-hmm. of scouts didn't want to go over there, and a lot of the KHL's video that's all copyrighted. So it was very hard to watch Matt Bay Mitchkov. So that's part of the reason why people think that he might fall. Um, the way that he might, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but that is, that is some of the reasoning that I've heard. Yeah. But then again, I, I think a lot of people saw all they needed to do in his brief stint with the world juniors when it was over mm-hmm. here before all hell broke yeah. loose. And, 
and it also depends on who's who's drafting where, right? So you have the Chicago Blackhawks one, Anaheim Ducks two, and then the Columbus Blue Jackets at three. The Blue Jackets a couple of years ago had no problem drafting Yegor Shinnikov, who that that draft pick caused one of the most hilarious moments on TV because no one in the no studio had anything had anything on the guy. They were flipping through their notes and they couldn't <laughs> even find the guy's name on in their notes. The guy was never supposed to be a first-round pick, but Columbus felt comfortable enough to go for the guy, even though it was like a late first-round pick. They felt comfortable enough. So that might be a team at three that wants to take that that risk. The other team I, I, I'm pretty confident that they have no problem taking him is the Montreal Canadiens at five because they have Nikolai Bobrov as their head of European scouting. He was with the Rangers before. That's that's like a team that I don't see passing up on Michkov. So if Michkov is there at five, that's probably where he goes. And we talked about our main show that he's not going to drop past six because if he goes to the Coyotes, he's definitely going there. Um, and uh, damn, I had a leading question to ask you, Phil, and I just totally forgot about it. So just take it. Oh, actually, one one quick thing. Apologies to everybody uh, from LA that might be watching this. Uh, will Smith will not fall to you. He will not be living with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Philk. It was a low hanging fruit. <laughs> I mean, all I could do is just shake my head. I didn't know where you were going by saying Philk afterwards. Like, did you want me to start rapping or something? <laughs> but, 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 like, but Mark, Mark, what was uh, to do there? If if he goes to the Flyers, that 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 does that count as him being raised in West Philadelphia? <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised. All right, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm, red on Mark, I'm just happy Mark was able to uh, to properly uh, pronounce Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Justin if, Smith if, wasn't if available. That one up, I think I, I I think I would boot him from the stream. Yeah. <laughs> if you mess up a, a name like Will Smith, it's over. Considering it is the first syllable of my last name. Could you imagine so, if Mark actually called him Jaden Smith on accident? <laughs> Jaden Smith. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it, put it past you, Mark. It's, yeah. Uh, Philk, so uh, what are your thoughts on the 2023 NHL draft before we get into the the mock? I, I, this is one of the most loaded drafts in quite some time. Um, I, I think there's quality players up and down that first round. Um it's really going to have to take a monumental mistake scouting wise or the Rangers doing a Gordy Clark and doing the whole smartest man in the room BS nonsense again, something like that to come, not come out with a good player from this draft. So um, I, I, I do think that th this is just a, a great, it's great that the Rangers have a pick in this first round and like I said, Stephen mentioned it before. Rangers aren't afraid to trade up when they know that their guy is there. So if they if they see that their guy is there, I could definitely see a move. I just wonder how high up they will go to get that guy. The other question would be whether or not it's like the right guy to go get. I mean, or if another team is possibly going to draft them. It's the reason why they went after Braden Steiner. They thought he was going to fall to New Jersey and they were going to get him. Yeah, and it's it's the same with Keandre Miller in 2018. You, know, the, uh, you had Anaheim and Minnesota drafting right before us, uh, both teams that that are known for drafting and and developing their own defensive cores. Mm -hmm. So 
it made sense for the Rangers to 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 trade up to 22 and get him. I think that was a good move. They they really made the right move there. Yeah. I think they made the right move with Schneider in 2020. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's get it started with the NHL mock draft. Phil, I'm going to start with you. I think your pick might be a little bit of a reach at number one. Uh, so maybe uh, maybe you're the smartest man in the room on this one. Who is going number one to the Chicago Blackhawks? Um, B. Bedard, uh, Conor Bedard. Uh, I mean, come on, really? It, it, yeah. It's it's Bedard. It's like just stop. Let's. This is just like 2015 where they tried to make the controversy where oh, Nene Edmonton could take Jack Eichel first. We're gonna big brain this. No, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Bedard's going number one overall. He's probably the best shooter I've ever seen at that age. His shot is top of the NHL level already. That's how good of a shooter he is. He may end up being one of the best shooters to ever play this game. That's how good his shot is. Um, his technique is flawless. His hand placement is ridiculous. The fact that he's 5'9 and 3 quarters, because that's what he actually measures out, but they round him up to 5'10. 5'9 and 3 quarters. He weighs less than 190 pounds, and he can get that type of velocity that quickly on his shot. Never seen anything like it before. I've never seen someone who could shoot like that at that size. So, um, I mean, it just the hands are incredible. He's an absolute dynamo offensively. Uh, I know he's not the skater that Connor McDavid is, but this guy is. Uh, I I would say, if Connor McDavid is generational and no one else is, this is probably the closest we're going to see in the draft for a while. The generational over two and a half points per game to CHL. The only other two, there's three other players that have scored over two and a half points in a CHL uh, draft eligible season. And I, I, I mean, Steven probably knows who they are, but Mark, I'm wondering if you could guess who they are. I, I know Peter Nedfet's one of them. No, and I, I was going with McDavid is one of them. McDavid is one of them. Uh, I, mean, I would say, in the, I'm sorry, in the last 20 years. Sorry. Okay. okay. Phrase it that way. All right. So it's McDavid. Uh, which, 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 uh, which uh, hockey league did you say it was? It's so, C- CH, so it's the CHL, the OHL, the WHL, and the QMJHL. Okay. So it's all of them. Yeah. Okay. So Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You, you got two of them. Uh, Nate McKinnon. Nope. Okay. Uh, is it, is it Dylan Strong? Cause he had a ridiculous. No, okay. he had a great 2015, but no, it was not him. Is it a draft bust? That's what I would ask. No, it's actually. He's he's still very good. Steven Stamkos. No. Oh, I was ready to bet the farm on that one. Is is, oh. is the guy still playing? Is he still playing? Yeah, he's still playing. John Tavares. No. Is he at the end of his? Is he at the at the end of his career? No, he's. I think he's got a few good years left. Okay. One more. I'm missing it. Oh. Uh. Which of the three leagues is it? OHL. OHL. I'm going to tap out so we can get going. See if, uh... The virus? No. No. I tried it, it. It's actually Patrick Kane, funny enough, for Chicago Blackhawk. Oh. Uh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cordy, Cordy actually came in 
literally right before I said it. So good, good call, Cordy. Very good, good work, Cordy. Good work, Cordy. Um, all right. Uh, so by the yeah, way, Stephen was with the London Knights. Yes, yeah. Stephen. By the way, uh, so did you see some of those videos of the Bedard wrist shot and how much torque he puts on that stick? Yeah, it's uh, unreal. It's 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 unbelievable. Like if you if you look at guys like Bedard and you see how he releases how uh, releases his shot, it's yeah, it's 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 a thing of beauty. Like the the ultra slow mo does it justice. Yeah. Like yeah. in real time, it doesn't do it justice. No. How amazing it is. All right, so I'll just ask this question real quick. Is this going to be known as the Conor Bedard draft, or is there going to be a different narrative in years to come after this, guys? It's going to be the Conor Bedard draft the same way to 2015 as the Conor McDavid draft. Uh, no. I think so, too. I think there's going to be some other interesting storylines, but I also think that this draft is going to be regarded as a draft, like an all-time like great Like draft 2003? Draft. 2003, 1980, uh, ni- yeah, ni- 1979, sorry, 1979, 2003. I think it's going to be up there with yeah. those drafts. So, so not the 1999 draft. <laughs> <laughs> very, very much the opposite <laughs> on, on that one. Um, sorry, I was on. The an- we'll call it the anti-99 draft. Yeah, <laughs> but if you, if you look at that 2015 draft, man, yeah, that's not just McDavid. You have Mitch Marner, Miko Rantanen, Sebastian Aho in the second round. You know, Kyle Connor, Ma- uh, Matthew Barzal, Travis Konechny, Timo Meyer, Brock Besser, Rope Hintz, who took a couple of years. Kirill Kaprizov. Kirill Kaprizov. Rope Hintz was tied for the playoff lead in scoring this yeah. year on a team that didn't play in the finals. Yeah. But for me, the 2015 will always be the draft where one general manager fucked up, fucked the draft up three times. Yeah. Oh, my he, God. How do you how do you miss Shabbat, Connor, and Barzell? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and those were the scouts that he put together in Boston. And then he went to Edmonton where he fucked up further by giving up the first round pick uh, when they traded for uh, – who did they got? Griffin Reinhardt? Yep. Yeah. Griffin Reinhardt. Which the Islanders then used to draft Matthew Barzal. So good job, Peter Shirelli. You fucked up the draft for two teams in the same year. Nothing well, that will, no one will ever will ever do that again. Steven, at least he didn't resign Miko Koskinen like the day before he got fired. I was gonna ask bigger draft mess up. Shirelli's double whammy of failure, or Glenn say they're taking Hugh Jessamine. Hugh Jessamine. Hugh Jessamine no, was not a no, I I, th- I think I think Peter Shirelli messing up three consecutive first round picks. Yeah, but I think by, that's by, really by, bad. With 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 the scouting staff he installed, and then and then like right after the three Boston picks, he trades away the Edmonton first rounder for a guy they would lose in the expansion draft two years later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my God. And Peter Shirelli and uh, Cliff Fletcher, two of the um. All-time worst GMs. I, I would love to be a fly on a wall for a draft discussion between Shirelli and and, uh, and Fletcher because the two of them, the amount of dumbassery that would happen, I, I can't even begin. <laughs> I, to... I, I, I want Mike Milbury to come out of retirement so he can negotiate with Shirelli. 
I want I want to see I want to be a fly on the wall in a, in a trade negotiation between Shirelli and Milbury. All right, Stephen, we're going to go to number two. Uh, and comment in, so. Hey, Musics, how's it going? Hey, um, yeah, number two, easy. Adam Fantilli. Uh, don't overthink it. Go with the guy who everyone has at number two. Uh, you know, really good skater. Uh, attacks through the neutral zone really well. Just he was he was playing in college for Michigan, one of the top teams in college, and he was absolutely dominant. Uh, people were some people were a little bit hesitant after the Will Juniors because he wasn't he wasn't really the star that Conor McDavid was, but or sorry, the Conor Bedard was. But no, Fantilli is an easy pick for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, their center depth, if they go for Fantilli, will be Zegris, McTavish, Fantilli, moving forward. That's a center core that 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 can take you to multiple Stanley Cup Finals in, in the next fifteen years. That yeah, is, that is. I, a good I goal. would agree for it. I mean, you, you this is you don't overthink it. Um, you just can't. There's just such a tantalizing package, and then the way that he played in the World Championships against men, and I, I try not to go too crazy over that because we saw what Capo Caco did. And then the, the the trouble that he's had adjusting, obviously we've beaten the dead horse on the Rangers and their development and the way that they've used them and everything like that. But I think it's different with Fantelli because I think Fantelli is going to come in right away. They're going to put him in a top six role. I think he's going to succeed. He's going to have talent around him, whether it's Zegras, Terry, um, you name it. I mean, he's going to have talent around him and he's going to be fine. So, All right. So if Fantelli goes at two, Stephen, who do you have at number three? Or do you want at three, this is this is where I'm going to go a little crazy because um, everyone thinks it's going to be Leo Carlson, but I think Columbus might be the team to go from Matvimichkov. Really? So because you, you think Columbus is going to take Mechkov? For for multiple reasons, they don't they don't. A couple of years ago with Shinikov, uh, we talked about that before. You know, they didn't shy away from that. Uh, it was a pick that that surprised everyone. Um, Elliot Friedman didn't even have notes on Shinikov when he was drafted. So they have no problem going uh, going with the Russian kid. And also, the Columbus Blue Jackets are still two, three years away from even from even making the playoffs. If there's one team in that top five that, that, has the, that can have the patience to wait three years for Michikov to come over, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I do and, agree with you. and I, I, I do think that he may even be the best player at two. I, I think that there is a considerable amount of skill, and it's yeah. very close between Fantilli and Mitchkov. Like under normal circumstances, if there was no issue with Russia at the moment, I, w- I would see Mitchkov go second overall to Anaheim, but. Fantilli going second overall to Anaheim makes too much sense with the current situation. That said, Columbus has no problem waiting those three years for Mitchkov to come over. When he comes over at age 21, uh, he still gets a three-year entry-level contract. Um, and Mitchkov is currently in the United States. He clearly has the intention to sign in the NHL once his contract is up. He makes every effort to uh, to, to talk to teams to, to show his face. He's in New York at the moment where the NHL headquarters is, where it's easy to talk to, to multiple teams at the same time. That 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 would take away some of the concerns about Mitch Cobb. 
and his willingness to come over. You know what I really like about Mitchkov, though? It's – there's obviously there's a Russian narrative that goes around and you know, there's soft European Russian players. Nadvei Mitchkov is anything but that. Nadvei Mitchkov actually likes to throw his weight around at times. And I think it, 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 if you watch his play, it, like, actually energizes him. Like, to me, he plays more like Vasily Podkolzin played but with a much higher level of talent. Like, he's not like an Ovechkin, like where he's just constantly running around, like thrashing everything in his way and then sniping the lights out. But he's got a great shot. Um, he's got great hands. He can sell deception extremely well. Uh, just along the boards. You know who he reminds me of? Like, down low and along the boards in terms of, like, protecting the puck and pivoting away and, like, Establishing body position, Alexei Sharapanov. Sharapanov was really, really good at that with Omsk and in junior competition. And Mitchkov gets knows how to get away, spin away at the right times. I, I just I love this kid's game. I, I really do. I think he's going to be one of the most exciting players in the NHL for a very, very long time. And you know what? I'll, I'll break since I saw this. You know, I've heard Mitchkov has had some attitude problems. Heard scouts say that he's cocky. Um, I think that people get the idea that he's cocky because he has the confidence to go out there and pull off these insane moves on players, like the one move where he literally faked the pass back and then went like this through the player, and like like he was going to fake that pass, the D to D pass. I I. I you know what? He has the confidence to pull that off, and I think that's the problem that scouts uh, that some and, scouts, I don't know where this is yeah. coming from, how valid, but I think and, that's the problem they might have. And I remember the attitude issues being brought up. I think with Matthew Kachuk in his draft year too. You know, sometimes co confidence is mistaken for a bad attitude. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I don't. I I really don't agree with this confidence being a bad attitude thing. I know, Mark, you wanted to ask this question. Yes, because I, I want to ask this question, and you could basically lump in three through, I, I would say six. I don't think he's going past six. But how much of a value is Matt Van Mitchkov, who could be a number one overall pick in almost any other year, at this selection? Well, if if, if you don't mind me, me taking this question first. Go ahead. Um, do you think that in hindsight, the, the teams drafting in 2015, if they knew how good Kaprizov was, that, that they, they would have taken him in the top 10? Would, oh, yeah. would they would have any <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, hindsight's 2020. You definitely would and have been. Of, of course, hindsight is 2020. But like with Kaprizov, yeah, he played in Russia for four years because that's just a situation it is. Russian players don't come over to make $70,000 in the AHL before tax when they can earn more money in Russia tax-free, when they can when they can travel by plane, stay in luxurious hotels instead of taking a bus ride from Springfield to Syracuse. Yeah. And, and this is my biggest issue with the AHL. The AHL, uh, the NHL as well, by the way, the NHL has, has never addressed the issue of the pay on an entry-level contract when they're in the minors. 
If yeah, you well, want- Victor, Victor Wembayama, he's going to make how much on his entry-level deal? And then you're going to have Connor Bedard, who's going to make a fraction. Not even – he's yeah. going to make like a like – a, he's going to make a, like a, a speck of that. Yeah, yeah and, and, that, and that's for them in being in the NHL. But if you get a guy in, in the middle of the first round, a guy like, I don't know, uh, uh, Tom, Tom Willander or something. You know, he plays in Sweden, and he has the option to either play professional in Sweden, where he may even play in the Champions Hockey League, some continental games. You get a nice, decent salary. you know, Or you can go to North America – and then you're in the AHL earning 70K, or I think it's 85K now because it changed in the MOU a couple of years ago, that the, the minor league salary on entry-level contracts is just not enough to persuade players from coming over, to, to, to come over. It's, it's just not enough. They need to fix this. But to go back to my point, Kaprizov spent four years in Russia. Tarasenko spent three years in Russia. Kuznetsov spent four years in Russia after he was drafted. Do those teams regret drafting those guys, even even though they had to wait three, four years for them to come over? No. So the team drafting Matvey Michkov is not going to draft him for what he's going to do between now and 2026. They're drafting him for what he's going to do in his prime. Mm-hmm. And in 10 years, I'm pretty confident that Michkov is going to be a top three player in this draft, maybe even, yeah. maybe even top two. Here's the issue. It, it, it comes down to a couple of things for me. I've said it on previous streams for us. One is what is the differential in potential and uh, talent between Minchkov and the next player available at said pick? Because mm-hmm. that's going to be an issue. And then the other thing is depth. It, prospect depth is going to play a big part in where he's picked. Because if you have a team like Arizona, Arizona could have, if he falls to Arizona, uh, Arizona is not going to pass him up. Especially when you have Dylan Gunther, Logan Cooley, you Matias Michelli, you have all these great young forward talents. They can afford to go take that risk. San Jose mm-hmm. could probably afford to go take that risk. Would they want a center? Probably, considering their center depth is probably a little not on the great side. I mean, Logan mm-hmm. Couture, and then who's really you know the big center in their system? But you know, I mean, a team like Arizona, I can't see Arizona passing up on that, or Montreal. Montreal has Kirby Doc and Nick Suzuki down the middle for the next 10 plus years. That's that's great. You don't have to take a center there. You can go take the risk on Mitch Mitchkov, and then you can have Mitchkov and Caulfield as 40 plus goal scorers, maybe even 50 in Mitchkov's case, going forward for the next 10 plus years. Yeah. And and there you go. And Steven, does your thinking in this also apply to the fact that they have Ken Johnson and Cole Sillinger? already in place at center. So why would they need a uh, Leo Carlson right now? That, that too, but what, what, what plays in, into it a little bit more for me is the fact that Columbus is still a couple of years away from even making the playoffs. This team is not going to overhaul their team and turn it around in a year or two. So they have the time to wait for Mitchkov to come over. They're not wasting his entry-level years being, being, being a bottom-five team in the league. No. no. All right. Uh, Phil, who'd you have for Columbus? I had been taking Leo Carson. And the reason for that being is that, um, I, I think Leo Carlson is just too good of a player to pass up here. I really do. I, I, I think that he's one of the smartest players in the draft 
He's one of the smoothest players I think I've seen in a long time. Like the, his game reminds me of Sergey Fedorov. A lot of Sergey Fedorov. I, I see a lot of similarities. Um, sort of in the way that they move, the fluidity of their game. Um, Fedorov didn't always make the overly flashy, dangerous pass through like three, four players. But he made those simple little plays to Kozlov and Larionov and Fatisov and Konstantinov and Brandon, whoever the hell he played with. He would find those little plays in space that opened up the rest of the play so he could cycle around to another area, open himself up, and then create a dangerous scoring chance. That's why that guy scored 56 goals in 1994. But I see the same things with Leo Carlson. I also see somebody who has just top-of-the-line hands and a great shot on top of that, and he can just pull moves out of nowhere. Like He's like a magician pulling like tricks out of his hat with some of these dangles that I've seen. Just incredible, incredible hands. Uh, I also think that they want a playmaker for guys like Line A and Goudreau, and I think he fits into that. Um, I think you could probably move somebody like Kent Johnson to the wing at that point, and he could be a successful playmaking winger. I really do think that you can do that with him because I, I think Carlson's – and. I, th- I think even Leo Carlson could play wing at the NHL level if he wanted to. He does have some work to do defensively, but um, I-, I think that he could succeed at either position, and that's part of why I think Columbus will take him. All right. Uh, since we have the discrepancy, should we just go right back to Steven for number four? I'll take four. Okay, yeah, go right, right ahead. So, all right, so let's, let's establish ground here. Are we going to do pick by pick? And then go me, Stephen, me, Stephen, me, Stephen. Yeah, I was going to say do that. And then if there's any discrepancies. Okay. So Stephen, take, take pick. All right. So I'll, I'll put three for Leo Carlson then since three should have been my pick then. Stephen, you take four. Okay. So we have Carlson at three. Yeah. Carlson at three. You take four for San Jose. Four for San Jose. I think I know Um, where you're going here, but. So San Jose, um, I don't think San Jose is a, is a team that goes for Mitch Kopp. For me, Mitch Kopp was going to be either Columbus or Montreal. Okay. Okay. So, and this is a tough one because I think both these players could be a, a fit for for San Jose. You have Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. And it's it's tough for me because Will Smith has the more offensive upside. Ryan Leonard is the guy that that teams might, and I, I, I mentioned this earlier before we started recording, Ryan Leonard might be the guy that teams are reaching for because of what Matthew Kachuk did in the playoffs this year. And teams teams want to get that type of player because they've seen how effective it is in the postseason. And imagine a team like San Jose in a couple of years coming back up and having a guy like Ryan Leonard and doing to Vegas what Matthew Kachuk did in those first couple of games, even though it didn't lead to wins for the Florida Panthers. You know, it's it's tough between those two. Um, but I have San Jose going with Ryan Leonard at four. 
Big move. Wow. San Jose, Ryan Leonard, right winger, USA under 18 team. Um, I wonder if they would actually do my pick there would have been Will Smith, just because I think they need a center. And I, I think that the, the center position would have been too much to to not take the priority over. Because obviously, like quarterbacks in the NFL, centers are the premium position in, in the uh-huh. NHL. So that's why I build up the middle in sports. Yeah, exactly. And teams, teams, look at all the winners. They've all been strong down the middle over the last 20 something years. So um, I, I do see Ryan Leonard rising and I think being taken higher than people expected. The good part about Ryan Leonard is, is that I do think that he has the ability to be a play driver. At, at the next level, like teams were not sure about Matthew Kachuk and how much of a play driver he would be. I, I think that's the stylistic comparison for me is Matthew Kachuk. I also look to Mark Recchi if you want to look back a little further, but he's, he's not a big, big player, but he will drive through you. He will absolutely drive through you. Um, he has underrated hands an underrated shot really knows where to go to get in the right positions to score goals uh, and make plays. I mean, his playmaking ability might be the most underrated, I think, of any player in this draft. I think I think people look at that physical game and they say, oh, this guy's not as skilled. I mean, he gets, he gets a lot of his plays and points off of hard work. But funny enough, he was actually the best of the three on that big USA U18 line with Perot and Smith, the best defensively. He's one of the better – I think he might be the best play driver on that line. Smith is the flashiest one, but I think he might be the best play driver on that line. He knows – he really does open up a lot of offense. His board play is great. Um, his work down low, I, I, I just think that he's the type of guy you win with. You really do, and I, I, do, I do see some team taking him higher than a lot of people expected. All right. Then uh, Montreal Canadiens at number five. So normally, so all right. So we went, we went. I went Carlson at three. Who did you have at four, Phil? I'm sorry. I, I, at four, I had Will Smith. Okay, I had Will Smith at four. But, yeah, that's um, right. You just mentioned that. Yeah, I am going to go with. It's really tough for me for this one because I, I'm I'm torn between two players, and I I, I I could easily see Montreal being tantalized by Will Smith's talent, and you know just the 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 playmaker that he is, and then you could move someone like Kirby Doc to the wing and have him as as a big power winger, um, but I just don't think they're going to be able to pass on this point on Matt Vay-Metrov. I, I, I think he goes five at that point. I, I just think that it, it's too much of a of an opportunity to pass up on. They can wait. They're not going to be great for another couple of years or so. They have some pieces. They don't need to rush him. And they've got a shit ton of depth. They don't they need to rush perfect. the Russian? What's up? They don't oh, need to rush the rush. Oh, Jesus. Another one. 
<laughs> Another one. You know the best part is uh, just watching Steven's reaction dad down below. Jokes, everybody, let's give it up for Mark and the dad jokes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm disappointed he didn't mention how sweet that third overall pick is for Columbus. Oh man! <laughs> Don't give him any more ideas and enable him. Well, if, well, if the last if the last pick's from Finland, then that's the way you finish the finished draft. But yeah. it's unless 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 they are from the same country as Yager, and then they're just really good checkers. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Now um, you've got Stephen going, Mark. Look at what you've they, done. You know, this you is know, why we cannot have nice things. <laughs> All no, right. No, so no. great, great question. Mark has not butchered any names yet. No, no. Taking a vaccine, but he has absolutely killed us with puns. Just just wait until we get to the 10 to 20 range. The oh, they, they, there's going to be a lot of those. Yeah, so in that case, no. so you got Mitch Goff going number five. And by the way, hell of a value you're getting from Mitch Goff at number five. Mitch Goff at five, you can't pass up. I, I just yeah, don't think you can. Yeah. Steven, who do you got for the Canadians taking at number five? So for me, with uh, with with Mitchkov already at three, um, and and Leonard at four, uh, I have Carlson at five to Montreal. Yeah, that's not a bad pick at all. That, you, that's a, that's if Leo Carlson fell to five, I'd be extremely shocked. But and and, and and this is this is basically the conversation we're having, right? Everyone's talking, everyone's in agreement about one and two with Bedard and Fantilli, but yeah. then three to six. Like you have Carlson, Smith, Mitchkov, and Leonard. I can make a case for any order with these four. Yeah. But here's my next question, though, because now we're kind of leaving this out there. If Carlson's available at six, do the Coyotes go for him? They got a lot of center depth. If Carlson's available at six? Yeah. If Carlson's available at six, you if take Carlson's him. Carlson's available at six, you take him and you run. You yeah. run away. You you steal him. From the arena, and you <laughs> run away so that they can't take him. Because uh, I lost the light. <laughs> um, because yeah, because oh after all, God. they did, they did run away from Shane Wright last year. So that's oh. that's just one of the things to consider. I mean, Shane Wright also stared down the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, look, I, I I don't I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think for the New Jersey Devils and the Arizona Coyotes, Shane Wright was ever an option because. They were all expecting him to go first overall to Montreal. People were talking about last year's draft as it being a Shane Wright draft for like two years. Mm -hmm. Everyone expected him to go first overall. So when they went with Slavkovsky, that threw uh, that threw every everyone for a loop. The new the New Jersey Devils were already committed to Seaman Nemec, and the Arizona Coyotes were already committed to Logan Cooley. Then they're not yep. going to change their minds at the last second because the Montreal Canadiens decide to draft someone other than Shane Wright. So for Shane Wright, if he wasn't getting drafted first, he was always going fourth. So oh. if, if anybody's day drinking today, this is actually a really fun exercise if we really want to like partake in this. Just actually, a shot every time Mark mispronounces a name, we'd all be dead. I'm actually going to be at a hotel room in Nashville on – uh, Wednesday to start the draft with everybody. But uh, yeah, usually the the deal is I drink for every trade and I drink anytime I mispronounce a name. So yes, that's, that's exactly what the rule so is. So if you're wondering how Mark has not gotten alcohol poisoning and died, I mean, just, just know that you're not alone in wondering that because I too wonder how he's not dead. 
All right. So then who are the Coyotes taking at six? Uh, Steven, I think it's your yeah. pick. Oh, it's it's it, no, it's uh, Phil's pick. No, um, Phil just did the Canadians. I'm I'm odd. You're even. oh okay okay, um, okay. I I, just, I I need to I need to go go out for my notes to see who we already picked here. Um, so okay, right, so, so the, the picks so far, Stephen, are one obvious, two yeah, obvious, obvious, three three. three um, I took Leo Carlson. Four yep. is Ryan uh, Leonard. You took five, Mitch Kov, and now you. Okay. Then, and then four with six, Will Smith in his. Then at six, the obvious one is Will Smith. That's okay. Th- that's the guy the Arizona Coyotes are going to go for. When you get a guy like that at six, like we said it with Fantilli, you don't overthink it. Yeah, you may have the depth already in that position, but you don't you don't go for position when a guy like Will Smith is available at six. Yeah, I I'm. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, I I do think that if if this ends up being the way, if he's available at six, you run away with him. You absolutely yeah. just run away. Um, I, I think he's incredible. I, I think he's going to be like a Trevor Zegers type player is what I see when I watch him. Just incredible yeah. playmaker. Um, has a great shot too, really does. Zegers has a good shot. Not a great one, a very good one, but not a great one. I think Will Smith's got a great shot. Yeah. I think Will Smith also has ridiculous breakaway speed. Like when he wants to like really turn the motor on, he can break away and he can cut through defenders. He's great in traffic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really think that he's going to be one of the top playmakers in the league for a very, very, very long. Yeah, time. and 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 what's really what's really enticing here for the Arizona Coyotes if it falls this way, they're getting a player who's fun to watch like this yeah. is a guy that, that people buy tickets for to watch he's 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 one of the most gifted uh uh puck handling players in this draft class uh my six would have been at this point so i i had mitch Cobb at five um i had smith at four my so six i you know what i i it came down to a couple of things for me I looked at David Reinbacher, and I've kind of been up and down on him. Like, I wonder if he turns into a legitimate top-pairing defenseman or if he's just, like, somewhere in the top four. Like, I I don't think he's a four. I I think he's anywhere between a one and a three. Um, I I think the package is there. I wonder how his offense translates at the NHL level. But then again, I said the same exact thing about Moritz Sider, and Moritz Sider ended up becoming a real good offensive defenseman because he fixed quite a few things in his decision-making process. Um, I honestly think, though, that this one is really, really tough, but I'm going to go Zach Benson there at six for me. Really? yeah, I, I for Zach Benson for me, I, I just I, I think that Arizona's gonna look at him and they're gonna say that this guy is just an incredible playmaker. You've got two incredible goal scorers in Gunther and Cooley, and you get to add Zach Benson to that, who I think could be one of the better playmakers in the league for a very long time. Not only that, but has an incredible motor. 
And, and he's probably the most tenacious four-checker, I think, and defender that I've seen. I mean, I think Zach Benson's ceiling is probably a 70-plus point Selkie caliber player. Probably 25 goals or so, but 70-plus point Selkie caliber player. That would, have been, that would have been my pick at six. Uh-huh. You don't think that's a little bit of a reach to take him that high? No. No, I don't. Um, some people might say that. I personally don't think that. I, I, I think that he's just that talented. I, I, I think that teams are going to look at the speed that Vegas attacked with. It's copycat league, as we ref- uh, we reference. I think that um, teams will look at that and they'll, they'll see that type of player and that elite playmaking ability. Look at Jonathan Marcheseau. Look at what he did in the playoffs. Look at how many teams passed over him, including the New York Rangers. Uh, 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 again. Oh, oh, oh! I, I have to correct you. Actually, they he, he like he didn't want to be there. I think because he, exactly. didn't, he yeah. didn't think they were going to give him a chance. But yeah, yeah. but the yeah. Ra- the Rangers were the Rangers were the first team to offer him an entry level contract, and he preferred to sign with Columbus because he didn't think he'd have a chance making our team on the fourth line because we had Boyle, Dorsett, and Dominic Moore. Yeah. yeah. And that ended up, yeah, fighting the Rangers. But, yeah, March or so is, is somebody – like, I I think of March or so, but as a center in the way that Benson plays. Like, very tenacious four-checker, um, very fast, all over the place. Benson – another thing that Benson does very, very well for me um, – and. I don't think I've seen anybody do this as well as he has probably since Adam Fox, but he sells deception so well. He really does. Like the, the little fakes he gets players to make that first move. But the difference between someone like him and Fox is that he's like an actual higher level skater. So when Fox can't get himself out of those situations where they don't bite on that move, Benson can make those extremely fast and hard cuts and just leave a player in the corner. And he could draw multiple players to him and then find that open pass. So I, I just I, – I love that about him. I, I think he's going higher than people will think. Dalibor Dvorsky was somebody that I actually flirted with at that. But I really wonder about his ceiling. He has probably the highest floor of anybody in this draft. But I wonder about his ceiling. All right, so we're going to, we're going back to the odds. So Stephen, who do you have for the Flyers uh, taking the, the odds? Me. Oh, the odds you? Sorry. Yeah. Filk. I have two things wait, to remember, wait, wait, wait. and I so messed who, it up. Who do you right write away. down for the Coyotes then? So uh, uh, for the for the Coyotes, that's it's your pick. So it's your pick yeah. right there. So that's Will Smith then. That's yeah, Will it was Will Smith. Smith. Yeah. So we're going Will Smith there. So Mark, don't don't flash the. I'll I'll take care of that. Yeah, I know. Uh, once you start doing that, I have a second one, so that way I got both your picks. Mark, I, I agree with Phil. Please don't flash. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't flash. Yeah. There's all. no flashing. There is no flashing. But, yeah, don't don't change the banner. I'll, I'll do it. I'll handle it. So, okay, John so. Tokowski is on the clock. Yeah, so I'm on the clock now at 7 for Philly. And Stephen took Ryan Leonard at 4. That would have been – the pick that I would have had for Philly at seven. I, I would have had him right there. Um, 
Man, there are a lot of good players available at this pick. Um, I got to go with David Reinbacher here. I, I, I got to go to David Reinbacher. Uh, um, I, I just think that he's – I think that he's obviously the best defenseman in this draft. Um, I think Philadelphia needs help on defense. I, I think that they – would love a big mobile rangy defender, especially after they traded away Ivan Provorov. It almost makes too much sense to me to take a guy that you think you could build your defense around. And the scouting reports, again, like I said before, they differ on him, whether or not he can be number one or is he a top four I I believe he's somewhere between a two and a three. Um, but there is definitely potential to, to, tw- to tweak a few things and he could turn into a number one guy. The skating is great for a guy his size. He's got a really good shot. He knows when to jump into the play offensively and get that backdoor pass, which is big because defenders getting that trailer or that backdoor pass is huge. Um, that helps create offense, obviously, goals. But it also helps keep play alive at sometimes, and that's another thing that he's really good at. He knows when to step up and keep the play alive. He makes the smart play, um, and he's actually handled himself very well in the Swiss League against men, which is something that I think that Philadelphia is going to want right off the bat. They're going to want a defenseman to be able to come in and step in and get minutes. And I, I think he may be able to handle significant minutes in the NHL right away. So uh, I, I could see Philadelphia taking David Ronbacher at seven. Steven. Yeah, I agree with Phil there. Ronbacher makes a lot of sense for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, it's as you said, you're, they're, they're trading some defensemen away. I think set, it's not it's not confirmed yet, but there's talk about Sanheim. Sanheim being in that deal to St. Louis. In that deal to St. Louis, yeah. And they're waiting for Tory Krug, who doesn't want to waive his no trade clause to go to Philly. So they're trying to work on a separate deal to get like Krug, I think, to New Jersey, whatever. But yeah, they, they got rid of Provorov. They're looking to move Sanheim. Reinbacher, like like uh, Moritz Sider in Detroit, is a guy you build your defense around. I think that will, that's a really good pick for the Flyers. There has been some consensus that he's yes, he's the number one rated defenseman in this draft, but it, in another years he wouldn't be. Uh, what do you think about that, Stephen? Is is that like a hindrance, or is that just, or maybe just look no. at the draw? He's just the best defenseman right now. I think I think compared to some other draft years in 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 recent history, the the, the depth is it just isn't there uh, when it comes to defensemen in the first round. You don't you don't have clear cut guys like in 2019. Uh, who did who did the Anaheim Ducks draft again? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jamie yeah, Drysdale. No, Jamie that was 2020. Or 2020, sorry, yeah. Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. 2019, they got Zegers. Jamie Drysdale, top 10 pick. Everyone was talking about that. I but believe in number this, six. Yeah, in, in this draft, you have Reinbacher and then Axel Sandin-Pelika from Sweden, who are probably the two best defensemen in this yeah. draft class. But they can go anywhere from, like, 7 to 17. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's I've no, seen Sandin-Pelika mocked all over the place, too. Yeah, there's there's no there's no big uh, amount of defensemen in the first round. It's very forward heavy this year. And, and, and by the I, way, I, don't, I don't I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. 
you may not get a Moritz Sider upside type player, even though nobody expected Moritz Sider to be that at the draft in 2019. But Reinbacher, look, if 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 you're drafting seventh or eighth overall, and he's there, and and he's the type of guy that you need in your prospect pool, because even though people always go BPA, 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 you can still draft for position if you have like four or five players that you think are in the same tier, so to speak. Yeah, and it's very close. If they're close enough, you can definitely go for position. And I think the Philadelphia Flyers, if they feel Reinbacher is in the same tier as Dvorsky and Gabe Perot and Matthew Wood and Colby Barlow and Zach Benson, then, yeah, it makes sense for the Flyers to go for Reinbacher. Thank you for explaining my logic on Svechkov over Offman in 2021. That was literally my logic because they needed the center and they took another winger, but it was still very close and they could have taken need at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like BPA, best player available, is not on a one-for-one basis. No. At the top of the draft, yes. Like, like best player available number one is, is, is Connor Bedard. Best player number two is Adam Fantilli. But the tier we were talking about earlier from three, four, five to six, you, you could argue that that's a tier in which you can go for, for positional need. And, and later in the draft, you have that too. You have different tiers. And if you feel more comfortable drafting a defenseman because you need one, like the Rangers, honestly, the, what the Rangers need in their prospect tools are right-handed defensemen. Mm-hmm. Like if the Rangers will get to that at 23, but if the Rangers at 23 have like five players to choose from and one of them is a right-handed defenseman, there's no harm in going for the player that you need in your prospect pool. It's VPA is not a one-for-one exact science. No, it's not. I agree. And uh, Phil, who'd you have at number seven again? Um, well, for, for seven, I had Reinbacher. Yeah, that was yeah. my pick. That that was that was his pick, and I agreed with him, so we didn't really. Oh wow! Anything. All right. Yeah, so, anything? Yeah, anything? So to, anything pick. else to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Steven, this is your pick number eight. So, considering the players that have already been picked, this is this kind of is in line with what you mentioned about this player earlier, Phil Zach Benson. Uh, makes sense for me to go to the Capitals. Um, you know, if he's. Player. The, the Washington Capitals are going through a rebuild in the next couple of years. You know, Ovechkin is, is, is close to 40. Backstrom is, if he has any NHL. Wait, did you take Benson? Wait, wait, did Benson go at, who did you take at six, Stephen? You took Benson to go to the Coyotes. No, no. At six. No, we had, we had Smith going to the Coyotes. Smith, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You took Benson. Yeah. All right. So, that, all right. So, yeah. Smith, let yeah. me update that. Sorry. Yeah. No worries. Um, by the way, Benson playing for the Winnipeg Ice, which no longer exists because that team moved to, uh, to Wenatchee in the state of Washington. All right. In the WHL. The state of Washington now has five major junior hockey teams. So, so it, do, you, do you imagine that being a, a hub soon for hockey to come out of North America that suddenly we're going to have the state of Washington? Well, it, it, already, it already was a little bit, but it, 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 kind of, it kind of backs up the decision to put the Seattle Kraken there, to, to put the Kraken yeah. there in Seattle. At the Pacific Northwest, it was the perfect location for, for an expansion team. Um, so I, 
considering every, everyone else that's already been taken, I have Zach Benson going to the Washington Capitals. Okay. Okay. Phil, this, is, you... this, is, this is where it gets a bit interesting because we're not going to have a lot of the same picks here. So we'll just have to see which players are still available because we're doing like a share of mock now. But... Yeah. Um, hmm. All right. So Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, Smith, Mitchkoff, Leonard, Grime, Bodder, Benson, uh, Oof. Not, not related to Brad Barard, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. There's a few players that I could take in this spot if I'm Washington. Um, but I, I wonder – I wonder with their centers getting older, if they go with one of two players for me. Actually, I, I you know what? I could put in a, a third player there. I'm actually torn between Dvorsky, Moore, and Jaeger. And I, I know that it seems a little high for Jaeger and maybe even a little high for Moore. But again, I wonder about Dvorsky's ceiling. I, I, I do. And I, I know that a, a lot of people had him like five, six, maybe even seven. And this might be dropping a little bit. Um, you know what? I, 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 I think I'm going to stop the fall for Dvorsky there. I, I, my, mine will go Dvorsky there. Cause I, I don't, I don't think they, they pass on him. Washington, so I'll I'll update that with Dvorsky for me because I I just I, I, I think that there just needs to be some work with him in terms of um, certain aspects of his play, but I, I I do think that if everything is fine tuned properly, he's a top six center. I don't know if he's necessarily a first liner, but I do think that his shot is one of the better shots in this draft. And it would be one of the best shots in any other draft that didn't have Connor Bedard and Matt Bain Mitchkov in. So, Steven, who do you think? Oh, uh, he took Benson. Oh, that's right. He took Benson. No. Yeah, this is getting very confusing. If you're going to ask me for the same pick twice, no, well, no. I this, think this, we this... should stop asking my pick afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, so let, let's just stick to one person doing a pick. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Okay, all right. A little too much here, Mark. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're already, we're already an hour in. We're, we're at pick number nine. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to have to speed this up, and I think my 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 brain shorted out right there too, guys. Yeah. yeah. There's amount of draft capital knowledge that's being thrown down right now, so I appreciate all of this. Yeah. that's where I'm learning about everybody. So this way that we know what players are available because – it just it makes it a lot easier that way. So I had seven, Stephen had eight, and now nine is the Detroit Red Wings. Oof. Um, wow. Uh, there's a lot of good picks here at nine. Really, really good players. Um, I gotta, go, I gotta go Gabe Perot. 
I, I, I think they take Perot at nine if, if, the, if this unfolds the way that it does. I, I, I would say Perot would probably be my guy. I, I would be tempted to take Matthew Wood if I were them, but um, I, I think that you're looking at a guy like Perot, who I think is going to be one of the better natural scorers in the league. I know that he has to do work on his skating and his strength. That's fine. He's a little undersized, but he's got a good hockey lineage. His father was a very smart player. Um, also one of the best face-off men in the league for a very long time. And uh, I, I just think that I think it's too much to, to pass up. And we were talking about, I think, Stephen, did you bring up David Perron's name before? Was it you that said that? David Perron? No. Yeah. I thought you said Perron. Now that Phil's talking about it, I think I heard David Perron somewhere. I just don't I, I thought I heard Perron somewhere. I, I, I could be wrong. But this that, that's a comparison that a lot of people have drawn for Gabe Perot is David Perron. And funny enough, David Perron plays for the Red Wings. So, uh, yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see Gabriel Perot going there. Okay. Over, over Dolly Bordvorsky. Uh, I, well, so, Dvorsky went to the Capitals yeah, in this draft. No, no, no. You, the, Steven took Benson at eight. So this is where the confusion sets in because you asked both of us every time. It's, yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. We we can't do that. We can't. This, is the, this is the mark factor. See, this is why this is why I stopped talking because I realized I probably screwed up. Yeah. No. Let's no more of that. All right. So Stephen. That is you at number 10. Okay. Then at number 10, I'll take Dalibor Dvorsky to St. Louis. All right. Uh, that, that is definitely a really good pick there. If he falls to 10, I, I would be shocked if he fell out of the top 10. But yeah. if he falls to 10, there is definitely no way that St. Louis, after losing Ryan O'Reilly, is mm-hmm. not taking him. So and, – and- he would also look really good for the Detroit Red Wings, a team known for scouting very deep and very intense in Sweden where he plays. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Again, one of the better shots in a draft. Um, I think he's going to be a very good two-way player. I just wonder about the ceiling. I wonder if he's a middle six center or if he's a top six center. And that that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to skating it's pretty good for a guy his size and he's actually got better hands than people think he might have the best hand eye coordination of any player in this draft. So that's another thing. Um, we're going to go to 11. So 11 is the Vancouver Canucks. There's some real good players available here. I know I feel like I'm saying that every damn time, but it, it, it is true. Um, I, I'm torn between two players right now. I'm torn between Oliver Moore and Matthew Wood. And I'm probably going to have Vancouver take Matthew Wood because I, I just think that they could use a big scoring winger. And I, I think he fits that mold perfectly. You're good at center with JT Miller and Elias Patterson. I don't think they take another defenseman here. Um, I, I definitely think that Matthew Wood would fit perfectly in with that offense there and give them some size and skill that they need on the wings. 
I mean, you got Andre Kuzmenko, who had a hell of a first year in the NHL. Um, I, I love what they have going there going forward, and I think Matthew Wood just fits in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then All number right. 12, we have Arizona again with their second pick yes. in the draft. Um, I have them then going for Axel Sandin Pelika. They they already have Logan Cooley. They they drafted. Who, who do we have them draft at uh, at six? At, at six, they Will took Smith. Smith. Will Smith. So Axel Sandin Pelika gives them uh, a high upside defenseman. Uh, if there's one thing the Arizona Coyotes need in their in their prospect pool and in their team in general, it's it's a good it's a good puck moving defenseman. So um, 5'11", 181 pounds, right-handed defenseman out of Sweden. It's going to be a bit confusing for fans because, you know, he's it's, it's Sundin Pelika then and Rasmus Sundin. Um, but still not as confusing as Elias Pettersson and Elias Pettersson on the same team. Yes, that is true too. That's, that's where you walk up to somebody and go, I know your, what your name is. You've had it your entire life. We have to yeah. change your name. You, you but can't I, be I think that's a Canucks player. thing because in the late 80s, they had two players named Greg Moore, and they both scored in the same game against the LA Kings. All right. Nice. And so by the way, just since everybody's waiting for it, Axel Sandin Pelica. That, did, I did, did I roll the L's enough? No, 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 no. no, no. You got it right. The, the Americanized version, he got right. I mean, yeah, I I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked, to be honest, that he got that one right. Uh, the, the, the pronunciation's right there, so I don't have no, to worry I, about I, that. I thought, I thought that, that was going to be the one where he was going to when he was going to mess up. No, <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I thought he would mess up maybe Dvorsky. Maybe that one he would mess up. Dvorsky I mean, is too close to Dvorak and also Paul Dvorsky. So I, I mean, there's easy. That's an easy one to get. <laughs> Have you ever been married before, Mark? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, because because then you would you would know how to pronounce divorce. <laughs> no, well, fortunately, I know lots of friends that uh, that have made that possible. All right, divorce is not making it to ten. Okay, okay. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Welcome to the show, yeah. by the way. Yeah, uh, I mean, I could see that. All right, so at, at 13, we have the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I, I, I've i seen him mocked higher than this. I've seen some people say, kind of like the Ryan Leonard thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Colby Barlow here. Um, I, I, I just think that they could use a big rugged winger. And Colby Barlow kind of fits into that. Um, I've seen some people saying Washington could take him at eight just because they would love to have a Tom Wilson-like player playing with Tom Wilson at the same time. Because, <laughs> I mean, that would be all sorts of chaos. But um, I, I, I think Colby Barlow would actually be a really good pick there. I I think he does a lot of things that Buffalo needs. Um, big, physical, rugged winger, can score goals. Uh I, I, I like his game. I, I, I think that he adds an element that Buffalo lacks. So I, I do think that this could be a really good pick here. Okay. Uh, okay, four, number 14. Pittsburgh. Number 14, Pittsburgh. Uh, you're going to hate this, Felk. You're going to hate this. Oliver Moore. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's – Oof, man, that speed in that lineup. 
that's something that they could use, especially with Malkin and Crosby getting older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely could use that. Uh, yeah, I could see it. Could see it. Uh, probably the fastest skater in the draft. I, I don't know if there's really anybody close to him in that regard, but um, another one of the uh, – the gems of the USA under eighteen program. Yeah, the NGDP the last ten years has been has been a a factory of, of quality players. It's, it's been and then the Rangers just took one of those months. guys that's been working with them. Good yes, job, yes. Dan Muse, who kind of looks like the guy who started the uh, the coup attempt in Russia, but that's something unrelated. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, did not expect. Nice job, Stephen. You just got him canceled. <laughs> but no, Dan Dan Muse, I'm very happy with that hire. Like, I, I, not to get too much off topic here, but uh, the assistant coaches and the associate head coach in Phil Housley, Housley, Pekka, and Muse love the team they put together. Love, yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Love great configuration, great configuration with a mix of veterans in Lavi Eleven Housley and new kids in in Muse and Pekka who have definitely have. Head coaching potential in the NHL, and Housley's worked with the young kids before too. He worked for yeah. he was with Team USA for a while. So not, not just that, but when Housley was the assistant coach in Nashville, that's when guys like Yossi and Eckholm and Ellis came through. Yep. And then he did he did a similar thing in Arizona with Jacob Chikrin, who yep. if if it wasn't for his injury, would have been a 70, 80 point player that uh, his first season there, first full season. So I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Adam Fox working with Phil Housley. That's what I said the other day on Twitter. I said, if you're not excited at the yeah. thought of Adam Fox and Keandre Miller working with Phil Housley. And, and Jack then, Jones, maybe. And, you and, know. and then not only that, but Brady Schneider. Subbanajad, Shrochek, and Philip Hebel working with Michael Pekka, two-time Selkie winner? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and also, it's funny because we could talk about Adam Fox reaching another level. And he very well might win the Norris this year. So that could be another potential one. It would be nice. Um, All right. Moving on to number 15. Nashville Predators. So The first pick for uh, Barry Trotz. Yeah, Barry Trotz's very first pick. Do you think he'll actually hold the, the scouts to try to take swings, as he said before? That's what I'm wondering. So there's a couple of different guys that I'm looking at right now. Um, I, I, I look at because they just traded away Ryan Johansson, Matthew Shane, and then where's their center depth after that? So I, I look at Brandy, uh, Braden Yeager and Nate Danielson. I, I think that Samuel Hanzik, if they were better off at center, could actually be a good pick there. But I also wonder if they would take a risk on someone like Otto Stenberg. I, I really do. Um, I, you know what, though? I, I, I think they go a little safer. I, I, I think they take Braden Yeager because I, I think he's too good of a player to pass up here. I, I, I think that's the guy. I, I just – for something tells me that when you have your first pick – you don't want to completely overthink it, but it's just it, – it, he's too good of a player. He could have gone even higher in this draft, if you ask me. I'm high on him, but I I, I think Nashville is – it's just too much to pass up on him there. So, 
I have Brady and Jaeger at 15. All right. Now to number 16, the Calgary Flames. Steven? Yeah, Calgary Flames. What are the Calgary Flames doing, man? I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it seems um, like more people are jumping off the ship than the Titanic. Oof. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, that's 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 the first that's the first Titanic joke in a oh, while that I haven't heard yet this week. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Um, so, but yeah, for Calgary, they could they could go in any direction. They could go with a defenseman. They can go with a winger. They can go with a center. Um, they basically need everything. If you, someone tweeted the other day that that since 2018, only one of their draftees has played in the NHL. Ooh. That's not good. That's five years ago now. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 just terrible. And and I, I think it's uh, who, who's uh, the guy who Daryl Sutter uh, couldn't couldn't me- uh, mention by name. Yeah, what was the deal with that? He's like, oh, uh, Peltier. He's like, oh, uh, yeah. You mean number forty nine? I don't. I yeah. forget his name. Like on the night he made his NHL debut. How do you forget that? It's anyway. Terrible. Uh, so yeah, I have a, a, a little bit of a reach here for Calgary with Eduard Saleh from the Czech Republic. Uh, for Kometa Bruno was was ranked a lot higher at the start of the season, has dropped yep. during the season. But we've seen it in the past where in rankings players drop and scouts just just hold on to those players. And I think Eduard Saleh is the guy that that may need a couple of years to to really fill out his frame and and struggles a little bit at, at uh you know at, at pro level in in the Czech Republic he's just his body isn't ready for it yet but the talent is there uh so I have him going to Calgary at 16. all right Edward Chalet I mean it, it's funny he's one of the most polarizing figures in this draft I would say aside from that big Mitchkov he's probably the most polarizing of all of them and the drop that he had is just bad. He drops so far in everybody's lists. But there's a lot of talent there. There really is. It's, it's, it's sad. It's the same with uh, Andrew Cristal of the Kelowna Rockets. He's, he's also a player that, that could go outside the top 10, could go anywhere. He could be a second-round pick. So could, yeah, I've, I've seen mocks there. He's not even in the first round. So Yeah, yeah. Detroit Red Wings at number 17. This pick is from the New York Islanders. Um, I mean, you kind of just open things up for Detroit. So, um, I mean, there's three guys that I look at right away. Um, Actually, I wonder if they would take another big European defenseman considering they've got – Moritz Sider and Simon Edmondson. God forbid if they were ever a pairing, they'd be called the Twin Towers because they're so damn large, the two of them. Both of them are sick, what, 6'5", both of them? Just unreal. But, um, I mean, they could take Tom Willander. I don't know. I don't I don't think they will, but it, I, I think that is possible. Oh, that's that's going to be very confusing. Because they already have they already have a a defenseman named Valinder and this one is named Vilander. Yeah. Oh God! Can you imagine <laughs> Sam Rosen when Detroit comes to town? Can you imagine God. if they pair them if you, if they pair them together? Sam Rosen is gonna have a stroke. Yeah, I, I I think that he would have a stroke. 
I would love to watch Mark watching Sam Rosen trying to have the two of them because I think Mark would also have a stroke. But I, eventually, love, I would just him. I would just change one's name and just use their first name as, <laughs> as it. They're like, "There's Sam. There's Valender." Well, Forgot. luckily for luckily for you, they don't have the same first name. That would be no. it. I mean, and I mean, so Detroit, we had them previously taking Gabe Perot. So that's another winger. So I'm gonna uh, that would eliminate uh, Samuel Hanzek for me which was someone that I thought that they could take at that back makes a ton of sense. I think they go Nate Danielson there. And that, that for me is, it just makes a lot of sense. It just, it, he's that kid is a Swiss army knife. Connor Bedard actually said that he was the toughest player he played against in junior hockey. So for me, I think that's the type of player Detroit needs. I, I think that could be a, a good number two center. If Dylan Larkin stays long-term, that could be their number two center. Maybe he takes over as a number one one day. If he hits a ceiling, who knows? But I, 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 do, I do like him at 17. Moving All on right. to 18, and that's Stevens pick. All right, so at the Winnipeg Jacks, Winnipeg Jets, sorry. I have them go with Hanzek. You have Hanzek there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It makes sense. You, the, the potential word of buying out team captain, Blake Wheeler. They're looking to trade Mark Shifley. That, that, that team is going for a whole overhaul. It's, it's... Not like that, but he's, right. he's, he's somewhat close to their backyard. I mean – Vancouver yeah. Olympics still a little far, but I mean, it's a, it's a player that they probably have decent access to. Yeah. Um, he's a big guy. They, they love their, their big center, uh, their big players. So, I mean, look at, look at the guys in their team, Winnipeg for the last close to five, 10 years, it's been one of the bigger teams in the league. I mean, you've had Bufflin, you've had Wheeler, you've had Shifley, you've had Lowry, um, they love players with size and skill, and Hanzek is that. The only worry for me about Hanzek is, is he a complimentary player on a line, or can he actually be a play driver? And that's that's my biggest question with him. Yeah. So I, I do like that pick there, though. 18, that's value for him, uh, if you ask me. So, um. 19. This is Chicago uh, from Tampa Bay. This is their second pick of the first round. Obviously, Connor Bedard being number one. Mm -hmm. This is the way you can afford to take a risk. Um, I was thinking, Willander, I'm not going to go with him, though. I think you might like this pick. Dmitry Sinashev, Yaroslav. Uh, I, I I just think that there's the, – the package with him is really tantalizing. It really is. I mean, he's got size. He moves well, um, good with the puck. I think there's some work that needs to be done with his defense. Not overly physical, but doesn't shy away from it either. Uh, I, I think Chicago can use a defenseman like that. So – 
Uh, I, I have them taking him at 19. It was between him and Will Ender for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take that one. I'm okay. going to take leadership there. And 20 is you, my friend. The Seattle Kraken. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, I have them go with Andrew Kristall of the Kelowna Rockets. Ooh, okay. Andrew Kristall of the Kelowna Rockets there. That's and, actually and a good one. He actually like, trained funny enough with Connor Bedard. Yes. Um, uh, and as I said earlier, he's very polarizing. He could go as high as 15, in my opinion. And he could fall out of the first round entirely, as we've seen in the past with a couple of players who were expected to go first round. Arthur Kaliev in 2019. Yep. Was is a is is a, is a good example. Everyone expected him to go in the first round. Um, it's <laughs> was it last year in the NFL draft this quarterback that fell out of the second uh, out of the first round, and then the following day he didn't show up because his girlfriend only brought one dress. <laughs> I don't remember hearing uh, that. That's great. It, it's like uh like Kentucky or something. Yeah, it was uh, the guy from Kentucky. I'm trying to think of his name right now. Yeah. Um, if someone's listening, remembers his name, but yeah, he's, it, they didn't show up for day two because his girlfriend only brought bought one dress. <laughs> Talk about arrogance. Oh, Will Levis, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's the one. Um, but yeah, Crystal, um, like I said, you know, could drop out of the first round, but the Seattle Kraken have been very comfortable drafting out of major juniors, you know, they have a lot of ties there. Uh, Crystal is. Is, is a guy that they could definitely use. They they don't have any glaring weaknesses at, at, at center or even at wing, but you want to go – I think the Seattle Kraken are in a position where they can afford to go for a guy that has high upside. Okay. That's, right, uh, so. e- even at 20. All right, so that moves us to the Minnesota Wild at 21. I – had Nate Danielson going to Detroit before. So the next center that I, I think is valid, because I, I, I think they're taking a center. I, I think they're taking Callum Ritchie. Um, I, I just think this is too good of a fit. Uh, they've lacked center depth for quite some time, probably since Eric Stahl had his last salad days in Minnesota. And then Mikel Gramlin was another center with them that was also having good years in Minnesota. But um, – I, I think this just makes too much sense here. Uh, if he's available 21 and Minnesota doesn't take him, I'd be shocked. I really would. So that's who I have there. Steven, you have 22. Philadelphia from L.A. Philadelphia. Um, yeah, Philadelphia. Uh, they drafted a – we had them draft Reinbacher, right, in the first round? Uh, yeah, I, I had them take Reinbacher at seven. Um, so with the, with the next pick, who, who did they get that from the 22nd overall pick, uh, LA. LA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Otto Stenberg there. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I hate to see him go there, but I, I, I like, I like that. I'm, 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 I'm putting, I'm putting players with teams in this mock draft that, that, that hate, make me hate myself. <laughs> so you're a misanthrope, basically. Like, like, right. More to Pittsburgh, and now, and now this guy Joe Flyers. It's, it's in the division. 
it's it, it happened a couple of years ago when the Carolina Hurricanes kept drafting guys that I that I liked. Like it, it's like it's like they were draft that they were. It's like I was their general manager in a video game. Like the guys that they drafted, I'm like, oh, there's another one. There's another one. <laughs> and they all end up in our division for some reason. So hopefully I'm wrong about this one. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I think it makes sense there. They, they could use a center. Um, got some talent. Good offensive player. I, I think he's going to be a top six forward in the NHL level. I would hate to see that. They, he, I think he complements the other pieces that they have pretty well. So, the and Rangers at 23. And, Phil, I haven't been able to use this for a full year, but the pick is in. <laughs> Who are the New York Rangers? Using who are the New York Rangers drafting? It's gonna be it's gonna be off the board. You know this smartest guy in the room syndrome. I I swear to God they gotta lock him out right now. There's there's a name you guys have mentioned haven't mentioned yet, and I wouldn't be surprised. It's it's the one that everybody's projecting. I like Musty. I do. I really do. Um I think that he could be a real good pick there. I, you know, if Willander was is available, I wouldn't even be surprised if they they were looking at him. I, I, you know what though, I, I know I I know I've said on Twitter that I don't think that they would go towards Europeans. But just because of the, the the direction in this franchise, but I could absolutely see this happening, and I'm just gonna say screw it. I'm going bold here. Daniel Boot. I I could see it when you have that type of size, that type of skating, that type of skill. I I think it might be hard for them to pass up on that, and I yeah. don't think he's your prototypical Russian and all that other you know nonsense that. They go towards, but I just, he's big, he's skilled. He can skate very well. I, I think he can drive play at five on five, which is something this team needs badly. Um, I think Musty could too. I really do. I, I, I think he's that type of player, but I think if you do a few very small fine tuning tweaks with him, I, I, I think he could be a top notch winger in this league for a while. So I, I, I see them taking him. And who is your smartest guy in the room pick for the Rangers? Oh, geez. You want me to do that? Oh, um, for me. Wow. That's, that's a good question. That's a tough one. That it really is. Um, if they went off the board and took someone like, I don't know, I, I like Riley Height and Gavin Brindley, but I think it's it might be a little too high for them. Um, I think the not that this is smartest pick in the room. I think it's the Rangers like to make risky picks, and if Edward Chalet was available, that would be a risky pick for them, I think. It would be mm -hmm. value at 23, but I also think it would be a risky pick considering the up-and-down season he's had. Yeah, and the Rangers don't have a second-round pick, so they might reach for someone that they otherwise couldn't get. Oh, Yeah. 
you know, yeah. like Charlie Stramors or something. Oh, I don't think the Stratton guy that you should dig would be like the borderline nepotism type pick. Because oh, yes. we watch Minnesota. Yes. Would you be surprised? No, and that would that would be a pick that would piss me off. Yeah. So uh no Gavin Brindley. Uh for a second I thought Wood was there, but he was we they we had him go at eleven. Yeah, uh, if, if Wood was there, they don't take Wood. I am throwing something through my TV. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe Gordy Clark went to go scout another defenseman and saw another one and said, "That's the guy we're taking." All right, great. Twenty-four is Nashville from Edmonton. That is you, Stephen. Yeah. Um, so for Nashville, uh, let me check here. One sec. Um, Getting it's getting difficult now because like players or picking players that are a little bit like off the board for some teams. So I yeah. just need to make sure that players weren't picked yet. Um yeah, Nashville is probably a team that could go after Quinton Musty. They 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 need they need so much. Right? Like as you said, they traded away Johansson, Duchesne doesn't have much much time left there he's making eight million he's like three years left defensively i think they're going to be okay uh they need some they need some offense because other than forsberg what else do they have on offense uh yeah and to me they they lack a lot of offense and musty could be a play driver and i agree with you it makes a lot of sense really does and and to circle back to your pick for the Rangers, yeah, a guy that's six four in his draft year, that screams Drury pick to me. Yeah, I, I could see it. But the, the good part is about it is that he has the size. He has, he has the skating to complement that size, and that's something mm-hmm. that they've gone away from in recent years and gone for size and grit over you know skating ability. So, you know, Riley Height would be another one I could maybe see, but I, I think that might be a little too high for him. I think he's towards the end of the round. Jesus Christ, Mark. You had to didn't you? <laughs> you had to. And it's not even pronounced that way, but you had to. <laughs> Get that off the screen. Jeez. It's gone. <laughs> Unbelievable. He should have been drafted by a Canadian team. So he should have been drafted by a Canadian team, Phil. Or have Dominic Moore announce it. He can reprise Bo- the Bobby Grain commercials. Steve Boutine. Because because then they would have drafted a boot. Oh. They would have drafted a boot or a boot. Well, yeah, I like, kind of like the boutine thing too. So that, that would work and too. If he goes to a Canadian team, that's his nickname. If he go if he goes to Montreal boutine. somehow, then boutine is his nickname. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be. Um hmm, so St. Louis from Toronto. You know what? I, I think this is where the fall stops for me. I've seen this guy ranked as high as I, I think it was was it you know Craig Button had him at eleven. I know some people have their opinions on Craig Button. I, I like him personally, nice guy. I've interviewed him before. Um I I have Tom Willander here. I, I think they need a defenseman. There's word that Tory Krug um, doesn't want to waive his no trade clause, which is what's holding up that deal. 
but uh, St. Louis was making a big deal. Um, I, I think Tom Willander makes a lot of sense for St. Louis if he's available at 25. And it's a really good value pick, too. So, By the way, quick question, guys. Do you think that there might be a precedent now that's going to start with teams having uh, players having no trade clauses? And they'll be traded to a team that's not on their 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 list, and then then they try to get get them flipped to another team that's on their list. Could be. I think I think we're going to see that with Tory Krug, um, but I think not not to go too far off topic here. I think general managers are trying to find like the edges of the CBA a little bit more the last couple of years. Like the double buyout window that was very big this year. The double buyout window, uh, the three-team trade, the double retention in trades. Yeah. And uh, for the first time, we the first sign-in trade we saw. Yeah. Severson. Yeah, there, was, there was one more sign-in trade, I think. Nope. Uh, not this first, year, but I mean all time? That, that was the first one ever in the NHL, the first sign-in trade. Other teams have <laughs> – have acquired a player at the deadline and signed him to an extension. Mark uh, like Mark Stone, for instance. Uh, Horvat, uh, this Ma- year. Ma- Matthew Kachuk. But there hasn't been a situation where a player signs with the team he's with and then is traded to the team so he can get that eighth year. Because if Severson was traded straight, straight up to, uh, was it Columbus? Yeah, to call yeah. Him. He, he wouldn't have gotten he would, only, he would only be eligible for seven years because he wasn't on the Columbus reserve list at the deadline earlier this year. Yeah. So, so we're seeing general managers more and more find the uh, like the limits of the of the CBA, which I think is very interesting. Stephen, no, like um, quick question: Would you have given eight years, six point two five AAV, to Damon Severson? No, but I'm not <laughs> – look, it's, it's different for a team like Columbus. You know, they may have to overpay a little bit to get the players they want. Um, and, you know, John Davidson's in charge there, so anything is possible. <laughs> Steven, it's all you at 26. 26, the San Jose Sharks uh, with their second pick in the draft because they got uh, – of course, a top five pick. Earlier, Oliver Bonk of the London Knights, the right-handed defenseman. Okay, that that is a a good one. It's funny because um, Craig Button actually had them taking Michael Rabel, goalie Omaha, uh, USHL, which was interesting because I didn't think there was going to be a goalie this year, mm-hmm. but they could use one. And they just let one go inexplicably, and he ended up winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, but do, do general managers not pay attention to goalies in the NHL? Elite goalies haven't won the uh, won the Stanley Cup in the last couple of no, years. No, but, but but the name okay. Aside from Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky, has there been a goalie that was worth the the the, the first round pick that that was used for them? No. Well, the jury's going to be out on uh, Askarov. So, yeah, with a lot of goalies, it's too soon to tell. But would you would you say that Flurry was worth it? First overall, no. In the in the two thousand three draft, are you kidding me? No. I mean, Flurry's not the re- Flurry's not the reason the Penguins won three cups. No, no, no. no that's correct not. too. 
Yeah. So, I, 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 listen, don't get me wrong. I actually like Mark Andre Fleury. I, yeah, I mean, he's a great dude. He's a great personality for the NHL. They should have marketed the hell out of him more because he's a funny guy. He's mm-hmm. relatable. He's down to earth. I, I love everything about him as a person. But yeah. Mark Andre Fleury is not the best goaltender of his generation. Not per- I don't think he's particularly close to Henrik Lundqvist either. And not only that, but he was never, to me, he was never even the second most important player on any of those cup-winning teams. And I would argue in 2009 that he may have been the fourth most important player on that team. Okay. So, and um, – and- in, ahead, in 2016 and 2017, not even not even top four on our team. No, I, I think he might not even be top five. No. Uh, I think you guys would get this. I said I, I threw this one out at everybody at the bar the other night. There's been uh top of my head three Vesna trophy winners since post lockout era to win the Stanley Cup, and one of them did it after he won the Vesna after he won a cup. So technically, if you want to say there was only two, two harassed. Tuka Rask is the one that won it after he won a cup. He won Sorry, this three then. Eleven, and then he won the Vezina in 2014. Thomas won the Vezina and the Stanley Cup in the same season in 2011. Um, another Vezina winner that won a cup. You said three. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, one of them that won it, and and then he won a cup afterwards. Is I wasn't even Rask? counting Rask in this one. I'm talking about starting goalie. Starters that won a Vezina and we just mentioned his name, Vasilevsky, Flurry, Flurry, Flurry won in two thousand nine, then the Vezina two years ago, and Vasilevsky is the other one. By the way, Vasilevsky won the Vezina and then a Stanley Cup. Yeah, but Rask, Rask is technically, I guess, a part of that conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. all right. But um, this this just proves even more that that you don't build around goalies to win a Stanley Cup. No, you don't. So, so you why don't. would you pick him in the first round? The, you know what's funny? It's Aiden the Hill. Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights won with Aiden Hill. The Colorado Avalanche won with Darcy Kemper. Are you kidding me? Jordan Binnington for the Blues. Braden Holdby, who's a decent goalie, but, you know, not – not. he's not going to get into the Braden Holdby had to earn back his net in 2018 and yeah. then yep. win the Stanley Cup. Because he so, lost yeah. to the group hour. Yeah. And then, and then, and then 2016 and 17, you had to hold Fleury Murray. Uh, debacle. Yeah. And Pittsburgh. correct me if I'm wrong, the last New York Rangers goaltender drafted in the first round, Al Montoya. Al Montoya, six overall, 2004. And Dan Blackburn before that. 2001, 10th so, overall, I believe. And mm-hmm. and their most successful goaltenders of the last 20 years were drafted in the seventh and fourth rounds. Yeah, but, so, but even, even if you look now, Olmark, Shostjorkin, Sorokin, Saros. Late round you're talking about mid-round picks. Pick your get your goalie in the third, fourth, and fifth round. It's no brainer. So is this gonna be, is this gonna be a trend? You don't draft goalies in the first round anymore. Teams will still do it. All right. So uh, twenty-seven to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, it's an odd number. So that's you, Philk. Yeah, that's me. Um, all right. So let's see who's available. He's taking. Hmm. 
this is a tough one. Bonk was just taken too. Um, this is where it gets a little interesting. You know what? I'm going to go with Ethan Gauthier here. Uh, I think Colorado could use a winger. Uh, I, I, I think it, it just it's a good fit right now at this point. They could really use somebody that could come in and help get them some scoring on the wings. I think Gauthier could uh, end up being that guy. His father uh, was actually former Calgary Flame and Philadelphia Flyer Denny Gauthier. I'm sure you guys both remember him. Big, 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 big hitter. Big bruiser. So, um, I, yeah, I would um, – I, I think he makes a lot of sense there at 27. All right. Let's go to number 28. 28. Uh, that's the Toronto Maple Leafs, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct. You are correct, yes, from Boston. All right. I, I see the Toronto Maple Leafs going with the defenseman. So, it's to me, it's a toss-up between uh, Goliath uh, Mikhail Goyaev from Russia or Theo Lindstein from Sweden. Um, and that's pronounced avant-garde? Avant-garde Omsk. Okay. Yeah. Which was whose team, Mark? Come on. Well, I, I forgot. <laughs> Alexei Sharapanov and Yarmer Yager's team. There you go. All right. So, Stephen, who do you got? Lindstein or uh, Goyaev? It's a tough one. Uh, it, it could go either way for me. There's there's not not much separating them. Only that they're that they they're stylistically different. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Goliath for Toronto. Okay. All right. I think that's. I think that's a solid pick there. Questions about his defense to move the puck. Um, if there's I questions have. about the defense, he fits right in in Toronto. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Toronto doesn't seem to know what that is. How how, how has that organization not addressed their defense in the last seven years? How have they not addressed defense? their goaltending? It seems like they haven't had a good goaltender since since Curtis Joseph. Thanks. I, I was mean, I was ready to say Curtis Joseph, but I didn't know where you're going on that one. You know, you know who they should have gone after, Georgiev, because he's always lights out in Toronto. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, he could he, he could play thirty games there, and yeah, you could, uh, or you could just way, purposely start at home and not start on the road. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but by the way, by the way, do you know why the Hockey Hall of Fame is in Toronto? Why is that? So Maple Leafs players can see the cup too. Oh! 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 oh. Oh man, that's 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 actually great. One of my favorite things was uh, there was the meme that went around of Frank Grimes looking at Homer Simpson. Frank Grimes had the Maple Leafs insignia on, and Homer Simpson had the Vegas one. And he just says, "You've won the Stanley Cup already." Yeah, you never have. <laughs> oh man, post expansion era has not been kind to our neighbors to the north. No. Not that I care, but yeah. No. 
Uh, you know what? This is too much of a uh, – I, I think he would be a perfect compliment to Robert Thomas. Riley Hype for St. Louis. Really uh, another really good two-way player. I, I think he would fit perfectly in, in St. Louis. I mean, you could take a wing there if necessary. Um, so I'm going to compliment Jordan Cairo, but um, Riley Hype for me just – it makes a lot of sense. And he, if honestly, I, I think if he was available at 30, I think Carolina would absolutely take him too. So, and speaking of which, I'm going to leave that to you. Carolina, uh, I'm going with Kasper Halpunen there for Carolina with the 30th pick. Uh, winger from Finland, 6'3, 192 pounds. Uh, played some time in Liga for IFK in Helsinki and also in the uh, in the minors uh, on loan this past season. Uh, I was wondering where my thing was for him. Okay. Looking. Had, had a really good uh, under-18 World Juniors, by the way, for Finland. Uh, six goals, four assists in five games. Um, I think... It's it's kind of Carolina seems to really like go into Finland for their for their picks. You know, it's 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 if if the Finnish embassy ever needs to relocate, just put it in Raleigh at this point. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Right? It it makes sense. They do they do love their big Finnish players. So yeah. yeah. So Montreal thirty one. Um, and this is the pick from Florida. So they took, let's see here. They uh, We had them taking Mitchkov at five. Did they have another pick as well? Uh, no, they did. Uh, they did not. Um, no, so this will be their second pick. Mm. Yeah. So Craig Button had them mocked with taking Anton Wahlberg from Malmo in the SHL Junior League. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily see that. I, I I think this one, it's a funny, it should be a name familiar to Ranger fans since we have somebody in our system with that last name. Stephen, you probably already know what I'm talking about. Because he's on the back of your uh, door over there. Oh, David Edstrom. Yeah, David Edstrom from Frolunda. Um, I, I I think this could be. I know it's a center, and I know that you you could take Michael Rayball there. I I just think he's probably one of the best players available at this pick, and I think they just go best player available. I don't think they care about position. Um, could they take a defenseman there? Sure, you could, you could, but do you do that? What it comes down to for me is do they value Lindstein over him? And that, that's, that's, or, or Maxime Sturbach could be another one. So, um, I, I, I just, I, I think it's, I, I think Edstrom is probably the best player at that point. I just think they take the best player. Mm hmm. And the Vegas Golden Knights with the first round draft pick. Uh, I, I'm not sure if those words have ever been uttered together. About Stanley for Cup winner? Yeah. Oh, well, Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup winner, definitely. But Stanley I mean, Cup winner, Vegas Golden Knights with yeah. their first their first round pick. 
But, yeah, but I mean, um, Vegas has traded away every first round pick they've ever made. Or yeah, I think N Nicholas Haig is the only one left. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, it's 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 a toss up because like sometimes it's a toss up because teams need everything. With Vegas, it's a toss up because they don't really need anything. They yeah. they have even though they keep trading away players and they they also they also acquire players through waivers through minor trades the way they get added Keegan Colasar and Brett Howden. But what really set, uh, stands out to me is how their front office has has always gone to players with a history in the WHL. Mm. They have a, they have their own history scouting there, working for those teams, and those ties remain strong. So I definitely see them going for a kid out of the WHL. And this is going to be – a little bit of a personal pick too, because I love this player as a Seattle Thunderbirds fan. But this is a guy that that has a lot of upside, and the Vegas Golden Knights can afford to go with a guy with high upside, even though he like the 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 probability of him reaching a ceiling is not that high. Grayson Sochin. Wow, you know what's funny? The hockey guy actually mocked him to. Um... Colorado at 27. So that that that's gonna be I, I want Mark to type this out. <laughs> this name. <laughs> oh, actually, I think I could do this one. Uh hold on. Let's see if I got this. Uh great. Uh this now hold now. I just have to figure out one thing. Uh <laughs> This is hilarious. <laughs> Grayson Sawcheck, right? Grayson Sawcheck? No, yes. he screwed it yeah. up already. <laughs> the pronunciation is just wrong. Yeah, no, I'm going to Terry Sawcheck. There we go. Phil, fix it for me, <laughs> but there you go. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 no. You got you got the first and last name wrong. Oh, damn it. I knew there needed to be... Uh, I, you had a 50-50 shot, either the E or the A. I it's, went with. it's 2023, Mark. First names are spelled in ways you couldn't imagine. <laughs> wow, Mark. Wow. Well, Focus uh, fixing it for me right now. Oh, my God. You you would, Mark. You would. <laughs> Like, they, they I mean, I'm going with a simple name. If I ever have a daughter, it's going to be Madison. So, with one or two D's, I uh, just one D. Okay, that's, yeah, that sounds that sounds bad. Yeah. Well, no, she when she walks out to me and says, "Was I named after the garden?" I'm going to have to tell her yes. Nope. Uh, oh go. my Grace God, Grayson Sawchin. All right. I was thinking, this, I think that's why I mixed it up to Terry Sawchuck at first. And this, uh, this, this already makes the pick worth it. Yeah, I, I, I do think there's upside with him. I've seen him mocked in the first round in some mocks. Um, I've also seen him as a second rounder. I think he's great value as a second rounder. I really do. I'm, I'm not sure way, about him as a first rounder, though. Speaking of the second round, the Detroit Red Wings have three consecutive picks early in the second. And they could easily take him with one of those picks. If 41, 42, 43. Like if, if 
if Grayson Sarchin is there, then then and you have three picks there, shoot for the stars, man. Use at least one of those picks on on a boom or bust guy. Yeah, exactly. Again, depth and affordability. Can you afford to take that risk? Yeah. Now, do you think Vegas will start stockpiling for this system now that they've actually won a cup? I don't think they're going to move anybody away. I think they're going to try to keep that success sustained. I yeah, don't honestly, know if they'll be as aggressive in kind of like trying to get players at the deadline and dealing picks away going forward. But yes. I, I definitely don't see them dealing players away to restock picks right now. They're still in win-now mode. Per- perfectly said there. I don't think they're going to be as aggressive acquiring players, but they're not going to trade them away for futures either. They're not there yet. If you, Yeah, of course, you have some older players like Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall are 32. Uh, Marshall is 31. William Carlson's 30. But this team can, can easily go for another cup. Very, yeah. yeah, very easily. It's a question of can Aiden Hill I mean, duplicate the it. The, yeah. only, the only question mark I had for Vegas in the West is the Colorado Avalanche, but they're going to be without Landeskog all season long. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be without Landeskog. And then but Ryan, Ryan Johansson doesn't move the needle? No. Yeah, but you need production on the wings. Where's yeah. their winger production aside from Ranton in at this point? Yeah. Basically. And oh, and uh, they might be without Valerian and Chushkin. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't because think that's a might. <laughs> well, we, we don't know what's happening there, so they're, uh, yeah, I mean, it, what, 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 what kind of wingers do they have left? JT Comfer, I think he's a free agent who might be moving, he's a free agent, and he's gonna be oh, probably, yeah, no, there you go. he's probably um, gonna be one of the big free agents on the market because yeah, so, so Arturi Lekanen is, is their best winger next season. Which I love Arturi Lekkonen, but if he's your best winger, you're not going to win a cup. No, mm. no, not at all. No, that's bad. I don't care how good Makar is. Makar and McKinnon cannot carry this team to a cup. No, and not not with not with subpar goaltending. Yeah, this team lost. This team lost to the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, you know, who and had it, subpar goaltending all year. Yeah, and that's the thing. How did it, how did the Colorado Avalanche lose to a team that had two sub nine hundred goaltenders in save percentage? Because they weren't sub nine hundred in the playoffs. That's that's the only answer. They had to be because it just it, yeah. during the season they weren't that good, and they but, were. But, yeah. but Phil, we see this all the time in the playoffs. Like Chicago won a cup with Antti Niemi in it for fuck's sake. Yeah, Anthony Emmy was – honestly, if it's not for Aiden Hill and Kemper, Niemi might be the worst goaltender to win the Cup in the last, I would say, 25 years. In the salary cap uh, era. Right? Easily in the salary cap era, but even the last 25 years, if you think about it, maybe he might be the worst since Ranford. And you're talking about the rest of their career, not just, not just that one season. Because Jordan Bennington – if you talk about the cap encapsulating the entire career, Jordan Bennington's right there. Jordan Bennington's a sitter. Jordan right Bennington now. is another one in that conversation. Yeah, but I, I mean, Aiden Hill is far worse off. No. By the way, if, if you're looking for a goalie, just go talk to the San Jose Sharks. They, <laughs> they, they, 
they traded Kiprasov to the Calgary Flames, who then made the Stanley Cup final. And uh, some people argue won it on a Martin Jelena uh, goal. Yeah, that and then, there. and then, and then, and then now they did it again with Aiden Hill. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. And yet Toronto couldn't get anything out of Vesa Toskala. Oh God! The only thing that Toronto got out of Vesa Toskala was a Rob Davidson goal from about the opposite <laughs> blue line. I remember when this. Nassau Coliseum. It was one of the worst goals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arthur's Urbe. Was he drafted by San Jose? I don't yeah, think he was. He was I, I think he was either drafted or because he was in the the upset over no, Detroit. He was, he was drafted by Minnesota in 1989. Yeah, and then he went in the expansion draft, I guess. In yes, 91. he was. He was. There, he was one of their first goaltenders. He was not their yeah. starter in '92, though. Yeah, he. But he, he did lead them to the two playoff upsets: one over yes. the one over Detroit, and then one over Calgary. Do you know who their starter was in '92? Kelly Rudy. No, Kelly Rudy was not there until years later, Mark. Wait, wait. Kelly who? Rudy, Kelly, Kelly Rudy was in LA in '93 when they went to the finals, bud. Oh. By the way, Arthur's yeah, Irbe left both the Dallas Stars and the Carolina Hurricanes two years before the Wanna Cup. Oh, by the way, Phil, wow. wait, did you actually just say Jeff Hackett? Jeff Hackett, yes. All right, good. Because I was I was hoping you didn't, you didn't say it and I got it on my own. No. I remember he had the one that opened the he had the the jaw, the shark mouth opened. Five different players or five different goalies played for San Jose in the 91-92 inaugural season. Jeff and, led with 42. Wade Flaherty had three. Arturs Urbe had 13. Brian Hayward had seven. And Yarmo, I'm, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing this or not, but Millish, M-Y-L-L-Y-S. So I'm not sure if I'm mispronouncing it. I honestly, I don't even remember this guy. And and David, you know my thoughts on Georgie. Uh, I don't believe in him. He gets, he gets off his angles when he loses the slightest amount of confidence. And then he starts, like, just with an attitude, and anything can go by him after that. By the way, if you, if you want to talk about a goalie carousel, the 2018-19 Philadelphia Flyers had eight different goalies start a game for them that season. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Oh, it was Carter Hart, Brian Elliott, uh, Kelvin Picard, Anthony Stollars, Ken Talbot, Michael Neuvert, Alex Lyon, and Mike McKenna. Jesus. They had eight goalies start start a game for them in in the in the regular season. I mean, the twenty ten Flyers had three different goalies win playoff games in twenty ten, going to the Stanley Cup Finals. But Wait, Peter Laviolette probably doesn't know what he's doing. It was Leighton Boucher and I'm trying to remember the last guy. It's definitely the third one. Oh, was it uh, Ray Emery? No, no, I don't. No, I, think that I, was I, I don't late. think Emery was he there at that point, or was it was it was it Backlund? Hold on, now was there. No, it probably was Ray Emery then, because Ray Emery was a flyer in 2010. It's either, it's either Emery or Backlund. Uh, looks like it was Emery. I don't. I don't think Backlund played in the playoffs. Always in the playoffs. Backlund, Boucher, Leighton. Oh, Ray Emery didn't play in the playoffs? Hmm. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, did, didn't have him in the playoffs. He had 29 games in the regular season. That's probably what happened. He got injured. Wow. That team, it, it's, I think it's still amazing about that team. They were down 3 nothing in the series and 3 nothing in game seven and won it all. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I have a question for Phil. Now we're on the topic of goalies. There's one player who has scored against Henrik Lundqvist for five different teams. Can you name him? Wait, a, a goal, a player that scored against Lundqvist on five different teams? Or five different teams. In the NHL. I think I got him. I know I got four. Um, Tomas Tatar? Nope. <sighs> Player that scored on five or you said five different teams, right? Yep. Active player? No longer an active player. I'll give you the teams. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild, New York Islanders. Wow, it's not who I was thinking of. I thought it was the number five. I believe the number five player that scored the most goals behind uh, past Lundqvist, which was Blake Como. Blake Como scored for four teams. The Avalanche, the Stars, the Islanders, and the Penguins. That's why I said I only had four. What were the All teams? Right, so Buff- the Sabres, the Panthers, the Islanders... The Wild and the Red Wings. This is a good one, Steven. Islanders, Wild, Red Wings. We should just do a recording where we ask each other quiz questions. Yeah. Like Rangers trivia. This is, this is an interesting one. Um, he scored 11 goals in total against Lundqvist in his NHL career. Sabres, Wild, Red Wings. Islanders and Panthers. This is going to be like a like it's going to be like a depth player, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a depth player. It's I don't like, know, man. I don't I think know, the man. Panthers, the Panthers is what's screwing me up a little bit. He was a fifth uh, overall draft pick. Thomas Vanek. Thomas Vanek. Yep. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. How about that? Thomas Vanek. Yeah, that I mean, checks out. I, yeah, can, I think I forgot about him as a Red Wing. I mean, two 40-goal seasons, two 30-goal seasons. It's not a depth player in my book. but No, no. He was yeah. definitely – he was a, he was like Mr. Trade when Deadline said, guy for a while. When you said fifth overall draft pick, that's when I put it together. I was like, yeah. fifth overall draft pick, played for those teams. And then I realized it was wild. And then mm-hmm. it, it, the, the fifth overall draft pick clicked when I thought about Buffalo. I was like, all right. 2003 draft. That's it. And, so, and it could have been sixth if he scored in the uh, playoff series with Montreal because he was up this, there. Yeah, when, uh... yeah, this is regular season only, of course. By the way, by the way, Steven, he almost did. He was the one that took the shot that Henrik used it, the it wasn't a shot. Away. It was a pass. So players uh, okay. have scored and have scored on Lundqvist for four different teams. You already mentioned Blake Como. Uh, UC Jokinen is another one. Not the uh, oh. Painting, yes. Florida, Andrew Ladd. Oh. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And you see, okay. So Andrew Ladd's got the Islanders. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on. Jokinen first. All right. We got the fourth team with Jokinen, huh? 
fourth team in New York. Okay, so we got Pittsburgh, Dallas, Florida. Um, yep, one more. LA? LA? Nope. Why am I thinking Minnesota? Nope. No, he wasn't on Minnesota. Hmm. I mean, he's Finnish. It, it kind of makes sense. This fourth Carolina. Team. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once, you, once you said that, it was uh, for 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 Como is Colorado, Dallas Islanders, and Pittsburgh. Uh, then there's Andrew Ladd, Carolina. Yep. Chicago, nope. Winnipeg, and the Islanders. He didn't score against the Rangers in Chicago. Nope. Then it was Arizona, right, so Carolina, Winnipeg, Islanders. And Arizona? Arizona. Nope. Nope. Oh. Sorry, hold, hold on, hold on. So we got Winnipeg. It's a bit of an asterisk, this this fourth team, because, you know, technically. Oh, Threshers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. It's and then the last. It's, it's the same so organization. You yeah, he was a thrasher. Are you really counting that as a fourth team then? Well, you can't yeah, as a fourth team. team, Steven. See, by the way, with Steven Zuma, that, Steven? you know That's what? Phil, Phil he totally out. marked you. It's a fourth team, but not it's a fourth not franchise. a fourth franchise. Yes. Then there's Brett Connolly. I'm calling shenanigans on that one. Brett uh, Connolly, Brett, uh, Brett Connolly. Uh, Boston, Washington, Lightning, Chicago? Florida? Yep. Got it. Damn it. Then there's three more. Clark MacArthur. That's a weird one. Ottawa, Boston. Buffalo. Uh, Clark Boston Clark. is not one of them, but uh, Ottawa and them. Buffalo, yes. Ottawa, Buffalo. Um, where else? Toronto? Toronto, yeah, one more. Um, let's see. Where the fuck else did he play? Uh, yeah, that's I'm I'm having trouble with it. All I keep thinking about is him getting the OT winner against the Bruins. I think that was 2017. Ah, all right. Uh, I'm tapping out on that one. I can't remember the la- the last day he played on. Atlanta. Uh, another one. Oh, yeah. in Atlanta. What else is there? All right. And then the last two, they they only scored four goals against Lundqvist, but for like one for each of the four teams. Jesus Christ. This one's going to be hard. Oh, God. Now, All right. Will, what was it again? Will, the last two? I will give you. I will only, give, have, only have four goals in total, but it's one for each team against one. I will give you this. Their first and last names all start with the same letter for these two players. First and last names start with the same letter? Yeah. So there's two first names and two like last names. It would be like Gerard Gallant and... All four start with the same letter. Alliteration at its best. Okay. Alliteration. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not giving much. So you don't have to worry about Aaron Voros. I'll tell you that. 
Nope. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Aaron Voros. Jesus. Aaron Voros who had no, he had like five assists in Marion Gabrick's five goal game. One of them was a former Ranger, by the way. Starts with a B. Oh God. Um, Blair Betts. No. No, that definitely not. Definitely not. Um, Starts with a B. B, 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 B. It's not Brendan Shanahan. Obviously. Obviously, his initials are BS. BB. Yeah. The whole okay. lot of <laughs> B Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle is one. Brian Boyle, damn it. Florida, LA, New Jersey, and Tampa. Okay. Um and the other one with the initials BB. BB, another B. Oh, another BB. Yeah, yeah another BB. Uh active player? Nope. Retired in 2014. The teams are Boston, Buffalo, Florida, St. Louis. Boss. Brad Boyce. Got it, Brad. Yeah. Damn Brad Boyce. Brad Boyce. Brad Boyce used to have Cy Young stats every single year. He would have like 27 goals and like eight assists. That mm-hmm. would still, I would still be uh, bewildered about that one. Like, how the hell do you? I'm trying to remember who is it the defenseman Boston traded for Brad Boyce. Oh, um, was that Mark Stewart? Stewart. Uh, Mark Stewart. Uh, I remember thinking that was a trade that worked out for both teams because I used to have Brad boys. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I, I see who it is. Dennis Weidman. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Weidman. The the ref's best friend. <laughs> oh and boy! What, and what player was Brad Boys a part of in a big trade as a prospect? Oh, I know this one. I'm not. I'm not going to give it away. See if Mark gets it. Uh, guys, unfortunately, I I'm staring right at the um the transactions page. So oh. it's Owen Nolan. Yeah. So. I had I had that one, and it makes sense how he would get to Toronto from San Jose. That's how that happened. I always forget to, when no one was a Maple Leaf. But if you're from Ontario, sooner or later you play for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, John Tavares. Yeah, except, like, for Eric, except for Eric Lindros. Except for Eric Lindros. No, Eric Lindros played for them. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he did. yeah. No, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he played for them right before he played for Dallas. Yeah. It was the 2005-2006 season. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like Lindros and Nedved had like this 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 tail end of their career where they were just like journeyman, and it felt so wrong. Yeah. By the way, uh, Alex Galchenyuk on his ninth NHL team. Yeah, Anthony made a joke the other day that, uh, or was it you that made the joke? Yeah. It, was, it was you, the Mike. He's going to make a run at Mike Sillinger. Yeah, the the current active player with the most teams played is Daryl Brassard with ten. Uh, Did he officially retire yet? No. And Sillinger has 12. Had, what, 12? Sillinger had 12, yeah. So it was Detroit, Philly, St. Louis, Florida. Iowa, Florida. Um, Columbus, I think. 
is one of them. Uh, All right, so Detroit, Vancouver, Islanders, uh, the Mighty Ducks. Nice. The Mighty Ducks uh, of Anaheim. Yeah. Flyers, Lightning, Panthers, Blue Jackets, Blues, Senators, Coyotes, Predators. <laughs> oh, shit. Jesus. <laughs> and he got better as his career went along, funny enough. Yeah, yeah he but was like, a hell of a player. Galchenyuk is on his ninth team, but he only played for eight. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, once he plays for Colorado, yeah. No, okay. no, 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 no. He no, okay. So of the eight teams he's been on so far, he's only played for seven. Which one team did he not play for? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So he played for Montreal. He played for Pittsburgh. He played for Arizona. Uh, played for Toronto. He played with Toronto. That's four. Um, did Carolina get his rights and never use it? There you go. Bingo. Carolina. Mark got it. There you go. That, that, Mark, without using the screen. Without, well, without having it open. That's the thing. Yeah. It was, that was even worse about that. You're like, you're like who is uh, Brad Boys traded for it? It's just, yeah, I'm staring at the screen right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? uh, Alex, Alex Galchenyuk was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes on the 13th of February in 2021 for uh, Ryan Dzingel. Uh, from the Ottawa Senators, and then two days later, they traded him to Toronto. Mm. Oh. oh my God! Yeah, I'm gonna have to head out though. I have. Some yeah. Questions. Yeah, so we're all gonna have to head out, Stephen. Yeah. First off, thanks for coming on with us. It's after midnight where you are right now, right? No, no, it's only ten fifty-five, man. Oh, it's only till ten fifty-five. I thought it was uh. I thought it was like eleven o'clock for some reason. All right. In five right. minutes, it's it's eleven o'clock. Yes, that's that's what ten fifty five means. Yeah, but I mean, I thought when we started, it was like eleven o'clock. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, now now I see what you mean. <laughs> just like uh, just like Grayson, oh, however the yeah. hell that name is spelled again. It's ten fifty five. I thought it was eleven o'clock. Well, five minutes. This is great. The host going. However, the hell that name is spelled. <laughs> well. I remember, I remember my mom used to do uh, personalized children's furniture, and he said that she spelled Danielle without an A and two Ys were in it, and she's just screaming. And even at that, we're all sitting there trying to figure out how it's spelled, but people got weird spellings for names. It just happens. All yeah, right. The, the weirdest spelling I've ever seen for a name was Ladasha. Yeah, with a dash. It's L-A-Dash-A. You don't pronounce the A, uh, the dash. I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah. How about the, uh, the the weirdest spelling I've heard one time is there was a girl that spelled it N uh, N E V A E H. It's heaven backwards. Correct. Uh, okay. Another one is it's spelled A B. Nevaeh would be a nice name, by the way, but you, you, uh, that's not the way language works. I saw another name that's spelled A B C D E, and it's pronounced Absidy. The fuck? Yeah, you're like, what? That's that's child abuse, man. That's <laughs> child yeah. protective services should step in there. That's ridiculous. Well, first off, slap the mother, and then go. All right, look, um, yeah. Yeah. we're gonna have to fix the name because this doesn't make sense. Again, it's not that's how language works. Naming someone Thomas Thomas. Yeah, or. Um, 
I mean, there's there's a lot of those. Like Pete Peters was one of those back in uh, Gold for the Capital. It's, it's actually Peters and not Peter Peter. Right. Like, you, like Thomas Thomas would just be like, "Are you serious right now? Did you really like in, your in, um, Tommy Thomas in, in the World Juniors for the for the Czech Republic? Ivan Ivan. Oh yeah, that's right. That was a couple of years ago. And his middle name is also Ivan. No joke. <laughs> But I mean, that, that's that's just Why? some of those things you like. You're like, what are you doing? Why? These kids, they're gonna have to live with this the rest of their lives, or hate you when they turn 18, and completely change it around. I know. I, I mean, mean like, I mean, it's easy for us to talk. We're named Mark, John, and Stephen. So yeah. But I mean, then again, it would be like a letter, Kenny, when they're describing the names of the dicks and the snatches. Oh uh, look, <laughs> Irish name, Irish names don't make sense. Irish Scrabble must be so easy. <laughs> that is, uh, that is very true. All the all the all the Gaelic names. Oh my goodness! All right, we we were we're about to restart an entirely different show right now, everybody. Yeah. But thanks. Yeah. First off, thank you for Stephen to join us for the uh, the draft. Philk, thank you for finally getting the format down. I had it completely wrong, so I have to credit you guys. You guys handled that brilliantly. And even when I was trying to not be in the way, I was still in the way. Uh, but We'd be disappointed if we didn't get it wrong, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing. And, um, and guys, this is going to be an interesting draft. Uh, the one thing we didn't go over were potential mock trades that can happen, and the, that's going to throw a whole monkey wrench into all of this. Last year, more the most amount of trades in a draft in like 20 years because all the GMs were finally in a room together. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Stephen, again, I, I, th- I, I wonder if the Nashville Predators and Tampa Bay Lightning will just use the same draft table because the Predators' last pick is before the Tampa Bay Lightning's first pick. Uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just brought in John Malkovich. If Tampa Bay like had a problem with them, they would just be like, "It's a joke anyway." We use your draft pick, basically. <laughs> so, yeah. Rounders. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was anyway. fun. Um, well, I would love to do a, a draft recap after after the draft to go over the Ranger draft picks. That that sounds like fun. Yeah. We'll uh, figure out some time to to do all that again. Yes, because I'm going to sure. be away till next Sunday anyway. So. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And have a great time at the draft. I'm going to just skip right over the song. And thank you. We will talk to you soon. See you Wednesday nights. And...